0: Sunday is blooming. Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Filmiac podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. I'm JR. Today we're here to talk my pick. Abel Ferreira's The Funeral, from 1996, starring Christopher Walken, Chris Penn, Vincent Gallo, Benicio Del Toro, Annabella Sciorra, Isabella Rossellini, and others. Uh, Bit players from The Sopranos. (laughs) JR wouldn't know about that, he's too busy watching Loki, for God's sake. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, We're also going to be talking about other stuff we watched, and some recently released trailers. Mm. So... I don't know about you guys. I think we should just jump right into these trailers because it's not often we have more than one trailer to discuss. Let's get and it. This week was a, uh, a bit of a.
1: We have a bounty. A
0: an embarrassment of riches, as they say. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so let's talk, uh, what, Pig first? This is the new Nicolas Cage uh, drama, which is really weird, honestly, because, I mean, the first thing I'd like to say about this is that. When I first saw this trailer, the first maybe minute of it, you know, it's like sets up this truffle farmer who has a truffle pig, and then he loses the pig. Somebody takes the pig, and I was like, oh, this is going to be like a B-movie revenge thriller, like he's going to go kill people for his pig, and it's silly and stupid. But it's not that at all. Apparently. (laughs) I'm so happy that it's not that, I can't even tell you.
1: In this trailer, we'll see. Well... Well.
0: I mean, it seems it doesn't seem. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem oriented that way at all to me. But I, I mean, I
2: hope I'm right about that. But um, mm. what do you guys think about Pig? I thought it. I thought the tone was like I. You know, like you, I thought like, oh, this is going to be some you know uh, revenge thriller thing because like it opens up, you know, like very serene, and then all of a sudden it's very violent, but then. Nicholas Cage is apparently a retire semi-retired chef yeah. and apparently a very very important one who just, you know, eschewed fame and went to live in the woods with his pig and I don't know. I was like <sighs> It's like Not I like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. No, no mean, I mean I, I I just thought it was like, you know, it, it's such a weird combo. I mean, maybe maybe they'll set it up more in the actual movie, but, like, someone's going to, like, break in, beat the shit out of Nicolas Cage, and steal his pig. It's like...
0: Well, the pig is valuable, right? I mean, it... I like, guess. Because truffles yeah. are very, very valuable. And a pig that sniffs them out is very valuable. Like, they use pigs to sniff out truffles, and they're, like, expensive as fuck.
1: There was a uh, whole documentary about this that uh. got released somewhere last year. Uh, I think it was called Truffle Hunters about Italian uh, truffle hunters and their pigs. Wow. Which, uh, yeah, I did not get a chance to see it, but I heard it was Mm. very good. I want to see it. (laughs) And uh, I like the idea that this is a remake of that documentary. (laughs) Or uh, an adaptation. There's
0: a, um, I just watched a Gordon Ramsay cooking video where he was in Croatia and cooking with truffles that were like this big, like the size of softballs. And he was, like, shaving them off into eggs, scrambled eggs. It looked amazing.
1: Why do you need wow. a pig to find something the size of a softball? You just I think they're buried in the softball. ground. Okay. Oh. Yeah, they're buried, um, so you have to, like, hmm. dig them okay. up. I don't know. Sure I don't know.
0: Truffles,
1: I just – re- I, I don't know anything <laughs> about yeah, it either. I, j- I just know
0: – I mean, I know that um, – honestly, the only reason I know they use pigs to, to hunt for truffles, because I have not seen that documentary either, is uh, from Frasier because uh, – oh uh john uh not john i was gonna say jean-luc picard uh patrick stewart is in an episode of fraser and he makes a joke about how fraser has the nose of a tuscan truffle hog (laughs) 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 meaning he smells he can smell really well i don't know (laughs) Uh, yeah that's pretty good yeah um Uh, Alright, yeah, so I think, you know, I don't know I think Pig is uh, looks intriguing And I'm always down for Nicolas Cage Actually putting in some type of serious performance yeah. mm. He does this like every, you know, five or ten years He'll come back with a little, like, remind you That he's actually capable of acting mm. In a in a drama Like the last one I think was like Joe, right? And then uh, the,
1: That was one, I think that was yeah. 2013
0: Right, that was a long time ago Did he mm. do one in between then and now? If you count Mandy, I guess, but Mandy is silly.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I can't think of of one. But, I mean, he's right. mostly been doing, you know, direct to VD. Yeah. Uh, you know, micro budget.
0: Dire- oh, direct yeah. to venereal disease. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, uh, do you guys want to talk? The this is a little while ago, but the the new Soderbergh trailer, no sudden move. Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm 50s, into this 50s bank heist movie. Yeah. Um, all starring Benicio, starring Don Cheadle,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and Julia Fox from Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. in her first big role since then. She's been in a couple of um venereal disease, disease thrillers, also. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I don't. What did you guys think of No Sudden Move? This is coming out like soon, like next week.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. I think, I think two Fridays from now.
0: Mm. One Friday from now, July first.
2: Oh right, well, yeah. Okay. Next week, no, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, two
0: Friday. Oh, because tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, sorry. We're recording
2: okay.
1: on a Wednesday, everyone. It's two Friday Fridays two days. from now. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It looks a little more serious than some of others. Some of um, Soderbergh's other like heist films. It seems I know, like right? I'm usually happy they that. they have a little more uh, comedy going on, like you know, the Oceans movies or even Out of Sight um, or Logan but, Lucky. Yeah, yeah. But uh this yeah, this one seems a little more a little more serious. Yeah, I like the uh
0: I like the time period. I like that it's not modern. And it remind like the masks that they're wearing for some reason remind me a lot of um it's not just the mask, I guess. It's the fact that they're like kidnapping that guy in his home at the beginning. It reminds me of uh Friends of Eddie Coyle. Mm. How they kidnapped the bank manager in that movie. It's probably a. The- Cheap reference, but I don't know. I'm into it. It's on HBO Max, right? Isn't it on yeah. Max or is it on yeah, Netflix? Yeah, it it'll be on Max. Yeah, yep. I'm in. Everything should be on Max. I can't fucking wait. I hate the theater. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Bring so everything
1: in four days. Saturday morning, I'll be in a the theater. Four mm. for Fast Nine. Oh, mm, Jesus The return of Christ. Justin Lin to the Fast franchise. <laughs> I'll be there
2: at 10.30 not- in
1: the morning or whatever.
2: <laughs> and not just in the cinema. He's going to be in the Dolby room. Oh, my. <laughs> or the equivalent like, wherever, you know, wherever you go.
1: I'm, I'm
2: dieting. I'm eating
1: healthy this week. You know, just saving up all my calories for, for some Alamo Drafthouse, like. Cheese fries Ooh. or whatever the fuck ah. is on their menu Ooh. right now. Yeah, uh, it's going to be COVID be great. fries, and uh, <laughs> and also Steven Soderbergh can do anything, and I'm sure this movie will be great. And I will absolutely watch it and probably really like it. Amen, yeah. brother. Mm-hmm. I, I
0: just don't want my first movie back in the theater. I wouldn't want it to be a Fast and Furious movie, but that's just me,
1: mm-hmm. you know. That's yeah, just you la- don't get it.
0: When's the last time you were in the theater? What's the last movie you saw in the theater?
1: I actually, i I've thought about that. It must have been, you know, January or February of 2020, and I can't remember what it would have been. Uh, mm. I remember seeing 1917 in January of 2020. I hope that wasn't my last movie. Theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: My last movie was uh Uncut Gems I think it was in November of 2019. Oh. I've been to the theater since. I've thought yeah, about I going to the theater a couple of times but I haven't. I haven't mm. actually gone. Right. They were showing I Akira didn't... here uh last year yeah. like late last year and I thought about going to see it but I I just didn't. Mm. I wasn't I wasn't uh, vaccinated yet. <laughs> mm. I'm Scared. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing Sorry. planned now so. No, I'm yeah. going to Mine was John Wick 3 again.
2: in May of 2019. <laughs> Jesus what was it? John Wick 3. Oh, my. Yeah. May? So Jesus. Yeah. Of 2019. Yeah. Over two years ago. Yes. Yes. Uh,
1: That's a bad... Hearing that makes me feel, like, sick. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like that at all.
2: How do you think I feel? <laughs> I need to like, get to a theater. I mean, like, I wanted to see Uncut gyms Jim's... You know, at the time, I wanted to see Midsummer because, you know, I liked Hereditary a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. I you mean, couldn't just, have known. Yeah, I mean. You missed out. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it just, you know. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Well, um, I guess we should. Uh, the only other one that I guess we all decided that we, we should talk about was Annette, the new Leos Carax mm. film. I, I'm assuming <laughs> I'm saying that right. I don't know how to say his name. But yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy who did Holy Motors. No. Uh, J.R., are you a fan of Holy Motors?
1: I remember liking Holy Motors.
0: Okay. <laughs> we can't be friends anymore, then.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I not seen I, it since it came out. And that was right. 10 years ago,
0: right? Uh, yeah, it was like 2010,
2: I think, so maybe 11 years ago.
1: Yeah.
2: I remember back in the, the infancy of Film Yak, somebody, like when we actually used to get emails... Yeah. Somebody asked us if we were ever going to watch any of uh Carex's movies and like like I think Holy Motors was mentioned and Jordan was like, uh, well, what do you think, guys?" and John was like, "I'd rather not."
0: Yeah. I don't I don't like Holy <laughs> yeah. Motors at all. Now, <laughs> right. I I would watch yeah. some of his earlier stuff. I I'm interested. Like there's always that um they always show that clip of his one of his earlier films. I guess it's, is it lovers on a bridge? Is that the name of it? Um, it where it the people are dancing like with the fireworks and all that shit. That looks pretty good. I would look at that, but uh...
1: you should see a uh, bad blood. My oh yeah, Sang. That's a, that's a good
0: one. I'll check that out. I might check some of his stuff out before. I mean, or when Annette comes out, because I mean, I definitely am going to watch Annette, Adam Driver, and uh, what's her face? Mm. Go TR. what's her name? Cotillard, Marion Cotillard, yeah, Yeah. she's great, and he's great, and this looks, uh, I don't know, really strange and surreal and difficult to understand what's going on in it, but, uh...
1: Who who was that third person they named, the Golden Globe winner, or nominee? Did you guys recognize him at all? Was it Josh Henley?
2: Did not recognize the name, but apparently they were nominated for something. I'll look it up right now.
1: Yeah, it was, uh... I was like, oh, that guy looks vaguely familiar. He looks like he was in the Big Bang Theory or something. <laughs> uh, and then I was surprised he got his name mentioned. If you um, type
0: in a net to IMDb, the first result is a net pinning. So just <laughs> let you guys know. Is it Simon Helberg? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. Uh, he I looks got his, familiar. I got way wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say Josh <laughs> Penley or something?
1: I think, it's a, I think I had an H. I think I said Josh Henley.
0: Oh, it's the guy from uh, Big way Bang wrong. Theory.
1: Wait, wait. Is it? Yeah. Okay. He's on Big
0: (laughs) Bang Theory. It's one of the nerdy guys.
1: Well, now I feel a lot better because that's what I said. Yeah. Oh, is it really?
0: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He was also Rabbi Scott in A Serious Man.
1: Oh.
0: So, uh, that's the young rabbi. Yeah, the young guy. Yeah. Nice. And he's in, uh, he's in some other stuff. He's in Old School and Florence Foster Jenkins, and he's a, he's an actor. But
1: (laughs) I feel like, uh, you know, getting back to a net, I feel like John. You've probably already pre-rated this as a, a two, just because it has, you know, just the sort of like trippiness, the music, just vibes of of Holy Motors. I think you, you know that you're going to hate this. It's going to be a hate watch. No, no, you're ready, th- you're ready for it. No,
0: no, 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 no. no. The <laughs> things I dislike about Holy Motors have they? they I don't see any of them here. This, for, I mean, just for starters, this looks Dennis way Levant. better than Holy Motors looks.
1: What? Is Dennis Levant your problem? With no, the I computers?
0: like Dennis Levant. I like Dennis Levant. I mean, I respect him as, uh, as a
1: his weirdo.
0: performance. I think I respect his performance in the film. I think it's impressive what he's doing in that movie. I just, I find, I, I, okay, again, it's been like 11 years since I've seen the movie, but I found it incredibly derivative at the time. And at the time... <laughs> I hadn't seen nearly as much as I've seen now, and I found a derivative then, so I can only imagine what it would be like if I rewatched it now. Mm. Uh, it like drove me nuts. like I hated it. When What's I walked it? out of the theater, I saw it with Jonathan, and he didn't like it either.
1: <laughs> was it maybe because it was uh, derived from greatness? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: derivative of the greatness? No.
1: <laughs> no I, um, I have, perhaps. I have like no memory of that movie at all. It's, again, It's been over a decade. <laughs>
0: We Renee talked about it in, it. um, mm-hmm. right. I was in a, I used to go to this, um, like film club thing at LSU every Monday and we talked about it there for some reason. I don't know why. And I remember, uh, having to like defend that I didn't like it to everybody there. Cause everybody there liked it. Mm.
1: It was, uh, I mean, yeah, most people considered it good. Yeah. It was praised. Yeah. To say the least. I mean,
0: maybe they're right. Maybe if I rewatch it, I'll come around on it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but uh, it wasn't yeah. my thing at the time. Get I was really those, into
1: get with the sheeple, man.
0: I was super into like, um, like this, like Well, like the surrealist, a really hyper surreal Well. and Godard also. Like, I just watched Weekend for the first time. I remember, and I was, just kept thinking like everything was just like ripped out of their their playbook, sort of. And I don't know if that's how fair that is exactly, but it's, that's how it felt at the time. So mm. it
1: probably is fair. Um, I would imagine that you've probably felt similarly about a lot of, I and mean, you know, a lot of people rip in from those two playbooks.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, throughout <laughs> film history. Yeah.
0: I mean, they rip from each other. Also, well, Godard rips from Buñuel anyway. I don't know about Buñuel ripping from Godard, but oh, yeah. Godard simply, surely. Uh, tribute to Boonwell quite a bit. Anyways, I'm I'm down for Annette. I mean, it's on Prime, so you can't mm. you can't beat it, you know. Again, it's just going to be available one day, August 20th. So, just watch mm. it. Why not? It's free. And the uh Sparks did the soundtrack who are some band that's all of a sudden like a big deal. Everybody's yeah. talking about them because that stupid Edgar Wright movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's a documentary about them now, so now we care. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. And I I definitely don't sparks is playing in theaters here and i'm definitely not you know watch a two and a half hour documentary about a band i don't know yeah
0: it's so Mm. like
2: the documentary just looks
0: so ordinary just so like a brutal like by the numbers music doc the band you've never heard of but influenced everybody and they're interviewing beck and shit in black and white it just makes me want to puke
2: Ooh. yeah, yeah that,
0: i'm
1: not into it that doesn't <laughs> look like it's for me I, it, <laughs> rare is the music documentary that is for me uh like mm. when they announced i think earlier this week or maybe it was late last week that the peter jackson beatles documentary is going to be like a six hour three episode yeah. thing now and i was like well i'm out okay <laughs> I, I will say about that though that.
0: they released uh they released like a like a test scene or something from that movie and you know, it's like it was like shot on film and everything. And it looks, it looks, it looks fucking like beautiful. Like the mm. footage looks incredible. It looks like it was shot yesterday. It looks insane. Mm. So I mean, that is, and the idea that it's like behind the scenes footage of them recording at a time when they were like you know pissed off at each other and shit. I think that yeah. could be interesting, maybe. But six hours is a, is a tall order. Yeah, yeah. Especially since there's so many extremely long Beatles documentaries already. <laughs> yeah like that uh, eight days a week, uh, like four hour thing that Ron Howard did and the George Harrison one that Scorsese did. I mean, it's
1: apparently Apparently 25 ish years ago. There was a, like a three part BBC thing that was around six hours as well.
2: Jesus. Uh, Yeah. And there was that uh, Beatles anthology that was like, I don't know, 10 hours or something. Yeah. It's probably been done to death a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I think it's it's made for people who, like, really like the Beatles, and <laughs> I like the Beatles, but I can't say that I really like the Beatles, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I feel the same way. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Beatles, but I'm not, I'm like, a diehard or anything. They're, you know, they have bad shit just like they have good shit. That's know. right. Yes. And I know a lot of people think they just have bad shit. And a lot of people think they just have good shit, so I don't know. Yeah. But, uh... I'm not an Elvis man. I'll tell you that much. Beatles all the way.
1: Is that a is that a controversy?
0: That's in Pulp Fiction. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uma Thurman <laughs> says you're either a Beatles man or an Elvis man or something like that. You,
1: and, you know, I don't
2: do quotes. Some <laughs> <don't> do quotes. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I think Elvis has some decent stuff. But I mean, like, but also, you know, like, yeah, back when back when I was watching Pulp Fiction, like every other day, like, you know, when I was like. 14, 15, 16, it's like, yeah, you're either Beatles or you're Elvis. It's black or white. You know, there's no gray area. Yeah, I think so, people
0: are pretty lax about that kind of shit now. Yeah, like, everybody's like, like, just kind of live and let live, do whatever you want, listen to whatever right, you want. Right, yeah. Know? I listen yeah. to Kanye West and Elvis and Earl Sweatshirt and, you know, <laughs> I don't know, whatever else, you know. Yeah, I mean, Garth Brooks. I have everything in my playlist. <laughs> That's Speaking somebody question. else saying that. That's not me.
2: Okay. <laughs> I do okay. like Earl's sweatshirt, though. Out, oh, of, okay. out of all
0: of all this. Uh, anyway. Okay. Well. Uh, I guess let's start talking about what we watched. All right. Who wants to start? Because I have barely anything. I did not watch a lot. Me
2: neither.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh oh. Um. Then let's. You know. Most of my stuff is Criterion challenge stuff because I, you know, I decided it, I was going to try and uh, care again about that since I was so behind. Good job. Um, and I just I made this really dumb decision where I put eight hours don't make a day on uh what? on that list. Like the and I did not finish it, but I watched the first feature length episode of that five episode series from um Fastbender. Yeah for Fastbender, sorry. Mm. And uh, you know it it's good. Yeah. It's not so good that I'm like, man, I can't fucking wait to watch four more feature length exactly these, where I was at, at with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed the first one and then the second one actually I enjoyed the second one a little bit less and I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> like <laughs> this is going to be really hard, you know."
1: You see, mm. the first one is the longest one by, you know, 3 minutes or whatever. But uh <laughs> but yeah, so I'm going to try and uh crank crank the rest of those out and um, I don't know, over the course of 5 months or so and uh <laughs> no, I, I, i uh i finally went back and got to my my 50s pick um my 50s pick that i own i own it on blu-ray and i just was like always too lazy to fucking put it in the blu-ray but it's on the the channel now um so i was like yeah i'll do it and uh it's uh during the beginning of the time which is first movie in the like box set of carol uh zeman's uh movies and he in the 50s and 60s and i think the czech or czechoslovakia was doing these kind of weird um live action animation puppetry hybrid things uh that were i guess kind of for kids this one journey to the beginning of time is definitely for kids it is the worst of his movies i've seen worst of the three in that box set and a It's, like, these four kids are, like, we're going to take a journey through time. Like, literally, they're just, like, going back uh, to different, like, epochs uh, and seeing, like, the world. And, you know, like, the wildlife is all, like, puppet stuff. And there is, like, cool hand-painted backgrounds. And, like, some of it looks really cool. uh, But it is just a narrative slog. So... You have this my on. Challenge.
0: You have this on Blu-ray, and you chose to stream it.
1: Sometimes I'm lazy. Yeah, that is gross, dude. <laughs> it, it was. It was gross. I, know. I don't
0: think I could uh, live with myself if I did something like that. Yeah,
1: it felt. You know, it's, it was like a weird feeling, like like when I you torrent a file out of convenience. I don't know why you'd ever torrent a file out of convenience because it's not convenient at all. Be <laughs> like, oh. Well, I, you know, I own it. Or rather, I don't have the ability to own it. This was like, I own it, but I don't feel like going downstairs, so <laughs> I'll just I this. have
0: been in that position a few times where, like, I see something that's streaming and I'm like, oh, man, I could watch that right now, but I have it on Blu-ray, so now I have to get up and get it, because I can't just stream it, you know? Mm. And I don't feel like getting up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's, that's what sucks. Cause it's like a whole thing. I got to take the disc out of my PlayStation. I got to put that disc in. I got to wait for my PlayStation to like go to the home screen. It's just a disaster.
1: Oh, yeah, man, a <clears throat> Whew, man uh, upgrading my Blue ray player to the old one that I got from Goodwill. It's great. Great decision. No more, you know, no more PlayStation loading times. No more <laughs> using like the uh, the hand controller. It's great. It's great. I tell
0: you what I bought a um I actually bought a controller, like a you know like a normal remote, controller yeah. for for my PS4 yeah. when I had it. But the remote is Bluetooth and it turns off automatically after like 20 minutes. Oh, no. So it's like a nightmare when somebody's calling and you need to pause it, you got to turn the remote on, wait for it to come on <laughs> oh, and then dang. pause. So it's like three rings on the phone before you can get to it. It's just like a disaster. I can't stand mm. it. But uh so yeah, I use my controller, which does suck totally. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Right. I have a regular Blu-ray player, but I don't know, you know, yeah. have that. Yeah. I mean, my my PlayStation plays uh 4K discs now, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want, you know. Got to watch those 4K. <laughs> 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 I uh yeah, I have yeah. to watch uh you know, whatever movie I have on I have on Blu-ray, on a uh, 4K. I have to watch those. Mm. <laughs> Which anyway,
1: presumably is some Movies like ten movies ish. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. I have
0: Possessor and I watched Cliffhanger in 4K when I mm. watched it last. Nice. First Blood. <laughs> oh, These, nice. You know, uh, Total Recall, which looks uh, the best out of all of them so wow. far. Mm, looks great. amazing.
1: Just, just, it's just an 80s action machine. Yeah, it or I guess really, cliffhanger's it really 80s, is. Right.
0: Well, I mean, I have you know other. I don't know. I have Casino on there also on 4K. Mm. Anyway, uh, uh, I'll, I'll go I'll go next. Um, okay. I, so in preparation uh, – well, actually not in preparation. I watched The Funeral, uh, and then I – well, the, the whole time I was watching The Funeral, it just kept making me, making me think of uh, other Ferrera films. <laughs> so I got the hankering to watch The Addiction really bad because I've, I've only seen it once, and I remember not loving it, and I wanted to rewatch it because this is the same uh, writer also. It's Nicholas St. John. And it's Christopher Walken, of course. And uh, I just tried to find it. It's not available on iTunes. It's not available, uh, like, anywhere streaming that I could find. It was on Prime, but it's not anymore.
3: Mm.
0: And I was like, I guess I could go, like, download it or something, but I didn't feel like it. So I went and rented uh, Dangerous Game instead, which is uh, another Ferrera St. John film from 93 starring Harvey Keitel, Madonna, and James Russo. mm and it's, uh, I'll tell you what's, what's interesting about this movie would make a great double bill with Tommaso because it's another one where Keitel is playing Ferrera here, essentially. I mean, he's playing, uh, Eddie Israel is his name, but he's a filmmaker <laughs> who is like obviously a Ferrera facsimile. And, uh, he's directing this marital drama starring Madonna and James Russo. Madonna is like a big Hollywood star who is trying to become a serious, more like serious actress. And James Russo is like a, I don't even know what you'd call him. He's like a, uh, like insane wild card, loose cannon method actor, Mm. like does shit for real in the scene without telling anybody and stuff like that. And, uh, he's very intense and he screams a lot. And I'm actually on the fence about his performance. Like, I'm not sure how good it is. It might be just that he's screaming so much.
3: Because mm.
0: there's a lot of that going around, right? Like, you see these, um, like, videos online of, like, the great, you know, 10 best acting performances in film. And it's always just, like, guys screaming, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, I don't know. Like, and not to say that those performances aren't good, you know? It's, like, Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood and, and, and De Niro and Raging Bullets. Like, obviously, those are good performances. But... Mm like you know it does seem like kind of an easy way to get noticed to be just sort of screaming a lot and, uh, and beating uh, your fist against the wall or something you know
1: there's an idea that um, like Oscar like uh, ceremonies where they show the clips they always yeah. choose like the loud moments just because like that ah! is going to register something with the people Absolutely. at home who might not have seen the movie um, and and there's an idea that like that like showing those clips, choosing those clips has like created that sort of like just, you know, more yeah, is more fair. kind of performances or like, like that's what we celebrate. That's what we want.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense actually. Cause I, in fact, it reminds me of, um, the, like one of the first Oscars ceremonies I can remember watching like back to back, like live as it happened was uh, in 2002, I think it have in 2001. I don't know, but it was the one where Kingsley was nominated for sexy beast and they showed a clip of him just yelling at Ray Winston, you know, (laughs) and I remember thinking like, Oh, this is awesome. And I had to go see that movie and I, you know, I loved it and everything. But yeah, that's like, uh, that's the kind of thing you would see in one of those YouTube videos is like Kingsley's this great actor. Look at him screaming at this guy. It's incredible, you know? But anyway, uh, so James Russo is giving that type of performance, um, and he's—I mean, I don't know how if you guys know who this is, James Russo—but like, I had never really heard of him. But he's in like Django Unchained, and he's in mm. My Own Private Idaho, and Once Upon a Time in America, and Public Enemies, and Donny Bra- I mean, He's in a lot of
2: shit. Mm. I just don't
0: like—he's like a character actor, I guess, because I don't like—I barely recognize his face. But he's been in all these movies.
2: Mm. Yeah, he's definitely one of those—that guy who was in that thing. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, uh, but anyways, I would say the standout in Dangerous Game is actually Madonna, who is Ooh. doing a pretty controlled good job in this movie. Like, she is the mm. opposite of Russo. She's not over the top at all mm. and being very naturalistic. And uh, I don't know. She's not it a ton. I wish she was in it more, to be honest. But there's she has an affair with Keitel, and there's, like, marital issues in Keitel. And, oh, and again, get this, okay? Remember I said it would make a great double bill with Tommaso, right? Uh-huh. Ferreras' then wife plays his plays Kaitel's wife in this movie.
1: <laughs> he's got he's got a thing, doesn't he? Yeah, mm. yeah,
0: he really does. And um, she is definitely the weakest uh, link in the in the acting chain here mm. because she's not an actress. But um, you know, she's not awful or anything. She's just she's asked to do things that are beyond her pay grade. I think. But mm. Dangerous Game is definitely worth your time. I think it's a. Uh, Sort of forgotten. I mean, Ferrer is not a – to say his stuff is – any of his things are forgotten. They're all forgotten. Nobody talks about Ferrer. But um, but Dangerous Game is good. I liked it a lot. So
2: check it out. Cool. Kevin? So uh, – Oh, shit. I uh, <laughs> I don't remember the last time I watched uh, anything on my Criterion Challenge, but I'm planning <laughs> – <laughs> you guys suck
0: at this. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. But uh I'm planning on watching uh Mishima li- a Life and Four Chapters soon. So Fuck I'm yeah. reading oh, yeah. reading some Mishima right now. The Temple of the Golden Pavilion.
0: Hell yeah, brother.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Mishima's
0: um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, have you seen the film
2: before? No. This will okay, be my great. first time. It's going to be yeah, the maybe. uh I think you'll like it a lot. Wes Anderson's top 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, onto things that I've actually watched. Uh, Ended up watching a whole lot of Wong Kar Wai's uh, short films, just 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 cause. (laughs) And uh, you know, it had been like I don't know two years, so I thought it was time to rewatch. In the mood for love, (laughs) and went from a four and a half to a five. I I can appreciate I can appreciate it so (laughs) much. I mean I can appreciate it so much more now having seen like uh Tony Leung and Maggie Chung in other movies and um like just just that endless longing and you know it's so good god it's so good and um like I I was hoping I was hoping to have watched uh 2046 before this recording. So then I could actually like do a list of a uh, ranked, uh, Wong Kar Wai features. Um, but that'll have to be for next time. Hopefully. Uh, cause yeah, like it, it was almost like almost two weeks between watching in the mood for love and then watching another feature. So yeah.
1: What, uh- a. <laughs> What happened? Like I, I went on vacation. I, there was a, a full week where I didn't watch anything. Which is, mm. I mean, for me, that's, that's pretty crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Man, life, uh, life this summer is really busy.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, just uh, like you know, family stuff, work stuff. Um, the other, d- the other day, I went to, I went to New Orleans to help out a friend because she's, she's moving and. I went down there to get an upright base with nice. with a flight case. I ended up coming back with an upright base and a flight case, a laserdisc player, and an AKG USB mic. So, Hell but yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just you That's know, yeah it's it's just been it's just been difficult to get time to do like you know just about anything. Over the last couple of weeks, so.
1: Well, Kevin, you know, our fan will be disappointed.
2: I know, I know. <laughs> <unless laughs> we're
1: not giving giving this our all.
2: Sorry, Gene. <laughs> Gene, <laughs> it's just uh, for for fans of uh, your mom's house, the Tom Segura and Christina P. podcast. They call they just call people Gene randomly. Oh, so. They also call people mommy, randomly. (laughs) Um, I mean, they used to. In a sexual way? Well, (laughs) uh, sort of. Sort of a little bit. Yeah. I actually stopped watching that main podcast because it just got too fucking gross. But I I still watch, like, you know, whenever it's, like, Tom Segura and, like, you know, uh, just somebody else where, like, they're not, you know it's not Watching YMH internet videos. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, that his stuff is usually pretty entertaining, but
0: I, I, the only episode of, uh, YMH I've ever seen is the, uh, the Bill Burr episode because when Bill Burr was on there, it was just like, they were just going back and forth and it was so fucking funny.
2: Yeah.
0: You're talking about like hypotheticals and shit. It was just really, it was really entertaining, but yeah. <clears throat> All right.
3: Yeah. JR? JR?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll talk about uh, "Indignation," which is a movie that I stole. It was on John's uh, list of deep dives. I, I, yeah, it's not, not like I knew that. Uh, <laughs> no. Just came up on the Netflix queue. Finally, um, yeah. And as I as I told John uh, after I watched it, thank God he didn't make me watch it uh, so that I could enjoy <laughs> it because uh, I did. it was really good. Um yeah. And. Even while watching it and and since I've had like a hard time putting my finger on exactly what I was enjoying just because it's like a it's like this quiet movie where like very little happens um, you know this this Jewish kid from the city um, basically decides he wants to piss off his dad and so he goes to a like Christian college um, I think it was in Ohio, something like somewhere like Ohio. Um, and then butts heads with many people, including, uh, the Dean played by Tracy Letts, who's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a movie with, I don't know, like a bunch of like these weird, like intellectual battles, a lot of condescending, passive aggressive interactions, that I just uh, was eating up. And, um, you know, this movie is, like, in, in one way, it's basically just Logan Lerman getting, uh, getting serviced. Just, he's just getting hand jobs the whole time. Um, <laughs> which is fascinating. But uh, he's good. Trace Letts is awesome. And uh, Sarah uh, Gadon, Sarah Gatton, Gadon, i don't know i don't know her name Mm. and i don't i'm pretty sure i've seen something with her but i've never noticed her before this she was uh incredible as this kind of you know know, it would be reductive to call her love interest but kind of in that that space um dealing with a lot of her own issues she was great
3: good movie yeah
0: yeah i really loved the I remember loving the scenes Like any scene with Lerman In Tracy Letts' office And them just going back and forth Like debating shit That was yeah, awesome And I like the way it was bookended With the, the war scene
1: mm-hmm.
0: I really enjoyed that too That was actually what like sort of Put it over the edge for me at the end
1: It's, um, it's kind of a downer Yeah uh, <laughs> Of an ending there I like that um, oh, But God. the I Man those scenes Uh where they're in Tracy Letts' office, way uh, Tracy Letts does his debating is is so good. Like he is, he's so insulting while having like this very like level like we're just having a polite conversation demeanor, um, and it's and it's perfect. Like at all times, he thinks that he is the reasonable one just because he has managed his tone to be reasonable. Uh, and that's that was a great thing.
0: That girl is um one of one of the Jake Gyllenhaal's an enemy. She's his love interest, or his wife, I guess. Mm. That girl Gadon. Sarah Gadon. Gaiden.
1: Yeah, she, I, I'm really lost with what to do with, with it's that. It's gotta be
0: Gadon or Gaden. Uh, I mean, It's of One of the other. <laughs> yeah.
2: She's in Letterkenny too. Uh oh, Letterkenny. Letterkenny.
0: My brother tells me about that.
2: It's good. I haven't,
0: I haven't seen it either.
2: <laughs>
1: right, I'm going um, <clears> to <throat> put this baby up
2: real quick. I should be back okay. in five Put her up.
0: We'll, we'll talk.
2: Cool. <laughs> Kevin, you want to go? Uh Yeah. Um, so the only other stuff that I've watched this go around has uh, also been uh, finally getting around to the stack of uh, Kelly Reichardt movies.
0: I see that. Yeah, I've seen that on your feed. Yeah. I was um, pleased with your scores. I was really glad. I, uh, it's not something uh I don't know why I expect I would expect you not to like her
2: stuff as much. I mean, I I could definitely see Yeah, I mean like I mean, old joy, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, not your typical two dudes uh, talking for, you know, however long, but mm-hmm. you know, it also doesn't hurt that it's only like seventy three minutes. Yeah, oh, so, I love the run. The runtime yeah, is the absolutely. best part of it. That. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like pretty much all of her movies so far. Um, like even yeah, they're all pretty. They're all fairly short. I think yeah, yeah, because like even even Meeks cut off. Well, it's an hour forty, but still. I think it's
1: certain
0: good. certain women is two hours now.
2: Yeah, I think it is. I don't know for um, sure, but but I mean you know it's yeah they're good um, like I think we might have talked about this before but like I think um, Michelle Williams is an actress who I don't think gets name checked as much as she deserves as being a very good actress like you know uh, especially in Wendy and Lucy but also in uh, Meek's Cutoff like she just she's just good, she just knows. It's like she like yeah. she just knows what she's doing with the character at all times, and she like, works
0: very she, well with with uh, Reichard. Yeah, for sure. It seems it seems like I mean to say she doesn't get. Oh, you haven't seen Blue I Valentine? Mean, no, uh, you should see that. She's in it. She's great in it. Uh, but yeah, I mean nice. she's like a, she's an actress. I think who's just sort of. She's not in a ton of shit anymore. I mean, she was in Venom, I think, was the last thing I remember her being in. And, uh, yeah, and I it's mean... It's like she's you know. been in a lot of... She's been nominated for an Oscar. I mean, she's, uh, right. she was in Manchester yeah. by the Sea. I think she was nominated for Manchester by the Sea. And, mm. um, but yeah, I agree with you. She's just sort of not as present in the the conversations, like when people talk about Amy Adams or... Uh, yeah whoever yeah, else yeah. is in her age group who's a uh, mm. you know well-known well-respected actress but right and she also she's coming from wasn't she in like dawson's creek or something like she's coming from shit like she oh. was in uh yeah halloween h2o <laughs> i remember like and yeah. uh let's see she was in some some tv show i don't know oh, but okay. uh so she's you know she's had to sort of maybe
2: overcome that but that was like 20 years ago so right yeah 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 and um, i love her Yeah, for sure. And, um, I, (laughs) it was, it was really funny to me on the cover of, uh, Night Moves. Uh, it was saying like, you know, Eisenberg's, uh, best performance since the social network. And it's like, two, you know, he hasn't done a great like, performance in two years. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like they're making out like, you know, oh, he did this great thing like a million years ago. And now he's right. back to form, which is, you know, I don't know
0: what they, that's just. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, but, know, you know that's. Say, but yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah. I honestly I haven't seen Night Moves since I first watched it, and I loved it when I first watched it. Mm. I don't know. How does it hold up? Did you did you watch it?
2: Yeah, I th- uh I gave it a 4. I thought it was I thought it was good. Um some of the stuff some of the stuff with uh Peter Sarsgaard's character, I was like, you know, I don't know. It just, it just seemed to kind of like meander a little bit like mm. I I don't know. I just didn't know just didn't know how to feel about it. Um
0: um but, Jonathan, uh, I remember when Jonathan watched it, he had problems with the fact that you don't see the explosion when they blow up the dam. But I was like, I don't. It's not really that kind of a movie, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this make it's such a. I mean, all of Rikert's shit is so quiet. Like, it would be weird to see a huge explosion in one of her films.
2: Yeah, for real. Like, yeah, I didn't expect to see the uh, the explosion. Um, yeah, because I I just figured like you know, like see, seeing like, I mean. That's the thing with Reichardt. Like, you're going to see the explosion and the drama of it on the three characters' faces. Exactly. So, yeah. Which I guess
0: and, sounds like, a, I guess, in his mind, it was like more like a cop-out. It was like, well, they can't afford to blow up the dam, obviously.
2: Well, yeah. They can't I mean, afford
0: the special effects or the budget to blow something up. So, like, yeah, they're going to show it on their faces, you know? <laughs> it was like, yeah. But it's true. I mean, that's like, I feel like even yeah. if she had twice the budget, she wouldn't have shown the explosion. Right. Her yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize how many people were in this too. Katherine Watterson is in this and yeah. James LaGrosse and uh, Alia Shawkat. Mm. I only remember those three leads. Right. Yeah. I definitely need to
2: rewatch this. I've had it on Blu-ray forever. Mm. Yeah. And um, it was also interesting, like um, like going back to uh, the last movie that I saw in the theater, like the reason I saw John Wick 3 was because I was in Oregon my flight got canceled, so I had an extra day to like you know, do Watch stuff. Watch John Wick. Yeah, it was like you know, <laughs> what else, what else am I going to do on a Sunday? You know, um, but yeah, like like in Old Joy, like I recognize the uh, the interstate that they take to like go up oh, into Washington, cool. and so yeah, it was That's interesting really cool. seeing like you know, even though I haven't been like specifically to a lot of the places that are in her movies, it's like. Yeah, I recognize that landscape and like you know. Sure. So.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I need to get up there one day. <laughs> Sounds
2: oh, cool. for sure. Yeah.
0: Um. All right. Well, I watched uh, just continuing after Dangerous Game. Had to watch China Girl, which is a uh, another Abel Ferrer Nicholas St. John movie from the nineteen eighties, and uh, it's a it's a Romeo and Juliet. Uh, sort of homage a story uh about this kid Richard Pennabianco who is part of an Italian family and like his brothers in a street gang which mm-hmm. is sort of like I guess like where the like the Montague Capulet thing you know but he's not part of the street gang so it's a little it's a little the the comparison is a little shaky it's not a one to one and he falls in love with Sarah Chang who plays Thai who is this uh really good looking Asian actress uh <laughs> who is part of and her brother is of course leader of the Asian street gang. And uh but they're less street gang, more like mafia, because mm. like there's like an James Wong is in the or yeah, James Hong, sorry, is in this and he uh he plays like the uh the head of sort of, of the Chinese mafia, so he's mm. like you know, like this older guy. And anyway, um This movie is good. It's not amazing. It's really well made. It looks really good. It looks better than you would think it looks because, like, based on, like, the poster, for instance, it looks like shit. Mm. And the fact that it's, like, 1987 and they they had, like, no budget for this thing. But it's shot on location in, like, Chinatown in New York and uh, the Italian section of New York where they butt against each other, I guess. And uh, there's some, like, cool ideas here. Like, at the beginning of the film... uh, the main character, Tony, uh, who's played by this guy, Richard Panabianco, who's, I, I don't, he's been in like four things, but he's really good in this. Actually. I was mm-hmm. surprised he hadn't really done a whole lot. And, uh, there, he goes to this club and he, he meets, uh, Ty and he starts dancing with her and they like, it's sort of, you know, it's just kind of cliche. They like instantly sort of are in love with each other, you know, in lust with each other. Really. They're, they're mm-hmm. like teenagers, but, right. um, or they're supposed to be teenagers. <laughs> and, uh, they're like dancing at some club to like 80s pop music and they, it's a killer soundtrack they have like legit songs on the soundtrack and then mm-hmm. he gets uh when when they stop dancing they realize that like everybody's separated in the club because they realize that that's that girl is you know the the chinese mafia guy's sister and oh man this guy's fucked now and then like the chinese gang like chase him out of the club and they chase him across to uh like this street, and he crosses the street and he gets into like Little Italy, and then they stop because they're like not allowed to go into Little Italy, right? Right. But then what's cool about this is how they subvert it is that they just like they stop for a second and they're watching him, and he's all, you know, he's huffing and puffing because they've just been running for like 10 solid fucking minutes, mm. and then they just decide fuck it and they keep chasing him into Little Italy, <laughs> <laughs> which is like it's interesting because it's like, you know, you thought he was going to get away, but it's just like it's not over yet. And then they have, like, a sort of um, the outsiders kind of a fight mm. with the Italian street gang with chains and pipes and switchblades and shit, you know. Right. And um, even though it's 1987, I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It it you know goes on like that. Again, it's this Romeo and Juliet thing. So they're in love with each other, but they're not allowed to be. But it doesn't really focus on them a lot. It's more about the two gangs. And James Russo from uh, the guy I was talking about in mm. the Dangerous Game, he plays the guy Tony's brother who is like sort of like the head of the Italian gang and they're they're less like the mafia they're more just like a street bunch of street punks mm. and David Crusoe's is in this uh-huh. and his name is Mercury it's like Mercutio <laughs> right? Right. and uh he's like he's I I at the David Crusoe is so weird because I simultaneously love him and hate him at the exact same time <laughs> he never plays a likable character ever. Like every character he plays is a total piece of shit dick. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so good at playing it and he's such an asshole and I, I'm like in some movies he's way better at it than others. Like this movie is pretty good. I really like him in um Mad Dog and Glory, which mm, we talked right. about before on the podcast. And uh but then there's other stuff like uh, Kiss of Death that he was in in the mid 90s with um Nicolas Cage, which is he's awful in that. Like he's the oh.
1: worst. <laughs>
0: I mean, that movie's just bad all the way around, but he's uh, really bad in it. I don't right. know. I, I just go back and forth on Cruise, so I feel like mm. he's he was one of those actors who, he was he's like a New York guy, you know, he's got the accent and he's, he I think he thinks he's like in the same school of like De Niro or Pacino or something, and he thought he was like a big deal in the in the 80s and the early 90s whenever he, like, because I remember reading that he left NYPD Blue because he thought he was going to be like a movie star, mm-hmm. and then, all his movies tanked, and he went back to TV CSI with his tail between his legs. That's right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was a uh, China Girl, solid enough, not amazing, middle middle tier Ferrera for me. So if, when I
2: make a rank list, he'll it'll be in the middle. So I gotta ask, mm. obviously because of the name. So yeah, the, oh the no, Bowie song, no, nope. What about the Iggy Pop version? No, and I was waiting oh. for either one of them. I especially
0: thought, I was like, they'll never play the Iggy Pop song here, but they'll probably mm. do some the Bowie version, right? But they don't. It's insane. I was really yeah. shocked, actually. Yeah, because well, it's such an easy, you know. Yeah. I, I would feel like even <laughs> they, I, I would feel like naming your movie that you would have to pay them royalties. You know?
2: Well, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs>
0: so I'm not sure why they uh, yeah. why they didn't use it, but they did. Like I said, they use other. Stuff that is um like it wasn't like a no name soundtrack sort of situation where they just play mm. a bunch of source music or like shit, you know, it was like Right. It was music you'd heard before. It was like top forty, but okay. Anyway. Yep. JR?
1: So, uh my next <clears throat> <clears throat> my next criterion <laughs> challenge movie uh <laughs> was uh, a movie directed by a woman, number twenty, and uh I needed to, to check Joyce Chopra's uh, *Smooth Talk* off of my my list of Criterion movies I needed to watch, so I watched that. Um, *Smooth Talk* is um, a 1985 kind of like coming of age uh, teen girl drama situation. Uh, it's got a. I right, it down. Laura Dern and and her two friends are enjoying a summer between freshman and sophomore years of high school in a small town in Northern California, and. Uh, Dern is like, amongst her friends, like leading the charge, or just like ready to get it. Ready to get those those boys. Oh, yeah. I mean, just male attention, you know, make out. Right. I don't know about.
0: It's not an American pie kind of thing where they have to bang some guy before they graduate or something.
1: No. And again, they're not graduating. They're going into the sophomore year. They're 15.
0: Sorry. Sorry.
1: Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. I thought I, I, you know, it thought
0: this sounded from when you said Laura Dern, it sounded familiar. I was like, She's been posting about this movie on her Instagram. I follow her on Instagram.
1: Huh. I, I, I wonder impo- if it's because they of...
0: because Criterion restored it. And yeah. she thanked she thanked them for restoring it.
1: Mm. yeah, um, so yeah, Dern and her mother are like at odds for every little thing. It was a uh, the relationship dynamic reminded me of my younger sister and my father's relationship dynamic when she was in high school. Just uh, like it doesn't matter if someone says something mean or not. You're just like mad at each other. <laughs> Just because that's where your relationship's at. Uh, that of felt course. very real. Um, and yeah, the uh, the first hour is pretty standard coming of age fare. The girls get in trouble. They lie about going to movies when they're actually walking over to the the big hot dog stand where all the eighteen year olds hang out and make out. Oh, hot um, dogs? Eh. <laughs> I don't know. It was A little, uh... <laughs> that the hot dog stand part of it felt very like american graffiti like 50s yeah Uh, the rest of the movie like it's very like mall culture it's definitely an 80s movie set in the 80s but that that one part of it just kind of like stood out as like a a thing out of time um we see treat williams who's in this movie tell uh laura dern Uh in a very weird creepy way hey i'm watching you and it does this like, uh-huh. finger point at her as she's walking by. Um, and that comes back later. Uh, <laughs> th- yeah, so that's, just, that's the first hour. The final half hour um, is Laura Dern deciding that she doesn't want to go to a family barbecue because she doesn't want to hang out with her mother, basically. So she stays home. She has the house to herself. She's blaring the music. And all of a sudden, Treat Williams and his buddy drive up in their car. How do they know where Laura Dern lives? We don't know. Um, turns out Treat Williams knows a lot of things about Laura Dern's life. Uh, and Spen, they have this very extended interaction uh, where he's basically trying to like get her to take a ride with him in his car. Um, and it is a sequence that is so loaded with just like the threat of violence and uh, Dern Dern just like, is awesome. She the way like she her fear like slowly mounts on her face is is incredible. Um, I don't know what to think about this movie. That final act is so weird. It is a really hard turn in this movie. Even though like on one hand it's like a forgettable coming of age movie, um, and this turn makes it more memorable. I legitimately don't know what. Joyce Chopra is like trying to say with how this sequence like plays out and eventually resolves it's like genuinely um, not confusing but it is thought provoking in, in a way that I can't quite uh, I can't figure out what they're trying to do uh, but it is still interesting the sequence itself is really good and uh, yeah you know 90 minutes on Criterion channel is really good
0: Oh, it's a Joyce Carol Oates story. Did you mention that?
1: No, but the director's first name and the author's first name are the same, so I probably just forgot that they're different mm. people.
0: Well, you know who Joyce know Carol Oates who, yeah, is, sorry. right? Okay. Yeah,
1: I, <laughs> I, I do. I, I have not read the story, though.
0: Um, is Treat Williams, I mean, is his performance acceptable in this? I mean, because I have, my experience with yeah. Treat Williams is that he's a shit actor.
1: Yeah, I actually think this might be the best Treat Williams I've ever seen. Um, like, things that come to mind are like 1941 and Hair, which are just god awful. Um, I mean, bad Treat Williams performances in, in bad movies. I don't have a lot of examples. I don't have many examples. Of, oh my god.
0: <laughs> it's not one thing, it's another. I
1: got, I got one to sleep, and. Oh, Jesus.
0: Wow. Put that one to sleep, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> well, that's, well, that's rude. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you and I, I, just, I don't really know the Laura Dern timeline, but like, if you told me this was the movie that put her on the map, I would totally believe it, and I would totally understand why she was. This movie came out, I think, when she was eighteen. Mm. So she probably filmed it when she was seventeen. I can't imagine she had many roles before this.
2: So I awesome. guess it was this, and then Blue Velvet.
1: Blue Velvet was the next year. Yeah.
2: Ah. Okay. I'll have to uh, check this
0: one out if I can stomach mm. Treat Williams. I don't know. Kevin, you got something else?
2: Uh, I mean, how how are y'all gonna bash Treat Williams and his magnificent performance in the Phantom? I don't understand.
0: I don't recall him in Phantom. My <laughs> biggest—it's it, it's awful. <laughs> the things I remember him from are uh, uh, Prince in the City, Prince of the City, <clears throat> which is the uh, Sidney Lumet film. Which is the film is not great, but he's awful in it, and he's the re- sort of the reason it's not very good. And then you've got um, his—he's got a small role in uh, Once Upon a Time in America, <laughs> which I thought he sucked in. Oh. But it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. So maybe he's not that bad. I don't know. Oh, okay. But, um, that's what I'm judging him on. And he was in, he's in all the substitute sequels.
2: Oh, that's and right. I,
0: I like the original substitute, you know, every, I like every single one,
1: every single, Substitute. he really, sequel. he's in like the
0: second, third and fourth one. I'm pretty sure it looks ridiculous. But, uh, anyway, anyway. Kevin,
2: I mean, I, I'm out actually. Okay. Uh, I got, you know, I talked more. about all the Kelly Reichardt movies. Uh, Perfect. I've
0: got uh, one more. So I watched um, The Birthday Cake, directed by Jimmy Giannopoulos Poulos. I don't know. Uh, And starring Shiloh Fernandez, Ewan McGregor, and Val Kilmer, and Lorraine Bracco. And William Fickner. All-star cast. uh, Vincent Pastore is in it. Um, Yeah, and I watched it because I saw the trailer and I thought it looked uh, pretty cool, entertaining. It reminded me of Good Time. Like, I watched the trailer and I was like, this looks like Good Time. Feels like Good Time. It's like a one crazy night sort of thing with crime. And it's in New York. And it's in, like, the seedy you know, ethnic portions of New York. Like, it's not in Manhattan or anything. It's, like, in these, you know, weird, like, Brooklyn boroughs and stuff. And so I was like, uh, I gotta check this thing out. And uh, it's about this guy, this kid, uh, Giovanni. Everybody calls him Gio. And he... His dad died, um, so every year on his dad's birthday, or is the anniversary of his dad's death, it's the anniversary of his dad's death, his mom makes a cake, and he brings the cake to his uncle's house, who's played by Val Kilmer, who is a uh, mob boss, and, uh, they, you know, celebrate his life, I suppose, on the date of his death, which is a little weird, but, um... And so there's a lot of, like, just sort of, like, cliched mafia stuff going on. But um this movie is... looks really nice. It's actually shot... it's interesting. I, I immediately thought of Good Time when I saw the trailer because it actually has the same cinematographer as Good Time, Um, which, you know, makes total sense. It's probably, like why this director picked that cinematographer. Like, he probably was, like, obsessed with Good Time. <laughs> because it definitely seems like he's trying to get in that direction. Sean Price Williams, the guy who mm-hmm. shot Good Time. Anyway, um, but the the issue that I have with the film is that the story, which is written, co-written by Shiloh Fernandez, the actor who plays Gio, is, like, really, like, um, mid-90s level... Plot heavy. It's got a really big plot twist in it. That's sort of like easy to see coming and really tele- telegraph. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> I would I would imagine that there is a large percentage of people who could look at the poster for this movie and tell you what the twist is. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. But um, and it gets only more obvious when you're actually watching the movie. And the guy who plays Geo, this Shiloh kid, he's not good. Uh He's not a great actor. He's a little embarrassing at times. He has like a sort of young Vincent Gallo thing going on, but he's not intense like that. He's like a weenie, <laughs> so it's not uh, it's not as fun. And uh, <clears throat> Val Kilmer acts. Uh, he he plays his his uncle who took a bullet in the throat, which is why he speaks through a trach tube in the movie, mm. and they subtitle it. And it's really. Like it's not it's not a bad idea. Like I like the idea that you get to see Val Kilmer in a movie and that he's not hiding the fact that he has this this uh, disability, I guess you'd call it, or this this thing. But I wish they would have done more takes with him. I guess like he's like some of the times he says stuff, it's just like it's completely unintelligible. And I just I don't believe for a second that the other characters could be would understand what he's saying at all and you of course know what he's saying cuz it's in subtitles. Mm. And when I watch his I follow him on Instagram too and when I see him on Instagram <clears throat> um I always understand what he's saying. So I'm not sure why he's having such a hard time speaking in this movie but uh he's definitely I mean he's law he's got no voice like he's just kind of like you know but like but it's there like he enunciates when he's on Instagram anyway. This movie I can't recommend it exactly. It's not horrible, it's just it's just kind of a forgettable. Mm-hmm. William Fickner is the worst. Like <laughs> he's he's the sort of villain of the movie and he's just so over the top and it's mm. awful, his goofy accent and he's got a mustache at the beginning. I just wanna hit him. I hate him. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't I don't dislike William Fickner normally that much, but mm. he's really obnoxious in this one, so mm. anyway, it cost me seven dollars to rent this fucking thing. uh, I was so excited to watch it too. I don't know. I was just like really jabbed. Like this is going to be a hidden gem. This is how I go into every movie that I've never heard of. (laughs) And I'm like, this is going to be it. This is going to be like a six out of five. And I get to go on the podcast and tell the guys how much I love this and how they need to watch it. But this is not that movie. I can't Mm. steer you towards this one necessarily. I mean, if you want to watch it, feel free. But
2: Yeah. Anyway. Instead, you end up being like Randall in the Clerks animated series where he's like, what was the deal with Hook? I want my eight bucks back. Oh, I love Hook. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, but like he. Goes, oh, no, like, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear you. I hear you.
0: I hear you. I there. There's a lot of. I mean, not to get onto Hook, but I know there is a lot of. Uh, there's a huge faction who think Hook sucks.
2: I well, they why. suck. Well, because
1: that huge Oops. faction didn't what? see Hook when they were seven.
0: This is fair. I think. I think that's true. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I saw it when I was a kid for sure. But I mean, it's like all like my Letterbox list runs the gamut. I mean, I've got five stars, four stars, one and a half stars, three stars, two stars. It's out of control.
3: Mm.
1: No one can decide on this. I think it's great. Why don't don't we have a consensus on Hook, Um, Kevin? You you said you were done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you didn't do your homework. Because that's the student you are. (laughs) Um, I did do the homework. Um, pretty sure one of the last things that I said on our previous episode uh, was was a joke about how only one of us would watch this, and it would be me, um, <laughs> and that came true. Um, yeah. So, you know, you said you're you're gonna watch it, and I, yes, so I, I will. I won't go into this uh, into the big city, the uh, Satyajit Ray movie from 1963, but I do want to just mention that I liked it. I still really like it. Um, this was the first time I saw it. I, th- I think it's been over a decade. Um, I saw it whenever Criterion released it, and uh, that was back when, or and maybe this is still the case now, uh, the East Baton Rouge library was really good about getting new Criterions like right when or right after they came out, uh, which was always nice. Um, but yeah, you know, this movie's long. I can't tell you; it's not long. I don't like. I never felt a drag, but um, for what? Like, it's a pretty quiet movie. It's pretty low stakes, even though I think it's really good. And I, I understand that can be a difficult thing to to know going into something that says 136 minutes or whatever. Um, but the the lead actress here. Uh, Madhabi Mukherjee uh, who plays the housewife who finds new employment um, when her family needs some extra money and uh, and then like a new lifestyle and family dynamic when she exceeds her job she's incredible, she's awesome she's worth watching this movie alone she alone <laughs> is worth watching this movie <laughs> ah, right. sorry, she is watch quite the beautiful movie alone. but um mm. <laughs> But that is not what I meant. <laughs> uh wow. but yeah, having having said that, I'm sure you'll sure truly hate it. Uh you know, he cause, hated cause you hated it the want first time. You want to hate this movie. <laughs> That's why you didn't watch it. You know. Did that I play mean, a part,
0: I, Kevin? I mean, the fact that you dislike this movie the first time, like you're not psyched to rewatch it, I'm sure.
2: No, I mean like like I said last time, like when I first watched this, I was, you know, not in the greatest uh not in the greatest place in my life, so I was, you know, rating a lot of things pretty low. Uh, you know, there are certain movies like All the Real Girls, which I won't watch again because no. But I'm, I'm, you know, scratch, scratch that yeah, off the list. Bi- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was an assignment, uh, actually. Oh, yeah, that
0: was on this show before you were yes, around, yes,
2: JR. Yes. Oh. Yeah. that I really uh, will scratch off my list. It wasn't one of our um, main
0: yeah. reviews. I think Jordan asked him to watch it, or Jordan did I, watch it and you watched yeah. it too and
2: Or like I, I don't know, maybe maybe I lost uh the trivia thing or Oh yeah, we something. used to do trivia, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so uh, stupid. But I mean I have a copy of The Big City from the library on, you know, next to my T V right now. So you know it you know, it was like with last time, uh, you know, I didn't get around to watching um uh, harder they come, but I watched it for the next time, so he know. made it, yeah, he made it, yes, uh, you
1: know, if you had watched more than the three movies that you watched, or whatever, i would yeah. I would say, yeah, you just didn't want to watch it, but uh, I think with your your limited viewing time, this makes sense, and and is legit, um you know you get a dog ate my homework pass uh this time, so
0: nice. I guess that's alright um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> And we all know We we know who's winning uh, Letterboxd Roulette this time
0: it's, Do we?
1: Yes, it's why you choose movies made in the 90's
0: <laughs> Christopher Walken has been acting Since the 60's, man I mean I, like, <laughs> It could be anybody It could be Rose- Rosalini also Oh man
2: It could but... <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think you've probably seen more Chris Penn movies than I have. have you seen Footloose? Yeah. I have. Well I haven't. Ah, <laughs> so there you go. Yep. Although I have seen uh at close range that he's in, so you might not have seen that. Mm. <laughs> I
3: definitely
0: I definitely have not. All right. He Christopher Watkins also in that movie. Um anyway, uh uh before we get into the funeral though, I meant to mention this earlier. Uh there's a news item that I wanted to talk to you guys about briefly. News which mm. which is that um Mel Gibson is gonna remake the Wild Bunch. Oh, it's really happening. It's going to come out next year. Now, Jr. is giggling at this. Like well, it's ridiculous now. I mean, I don't, do you hold the wild bunch in like super high regard? No. Yes. I mean, I JR, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Not how it's, high it's not even <laughs> like my favorite Peckinpah movie, but I think it's, I think it's great.
0: I think it's good. I'm not, I'm not blown away by it. Now that's to say that I've only seen it all the way through twice. And I've watched the violent sequences at the beginning and the end probably 200 times (laughs) because that's what we used to do. You know, we used to watch all Mm. the blood scenes from DVDs that I had. But um, but there's there's an uproar on Facebook film forum about this happening. Like, multiple people have posted about this, and the comments are so absolutely negative. And some of it, I'll grant you, maybe some of it has to do with the fact that Gibson is a sort of. persona non grata or whatever you know like he's a he's a bad person so we don't like him so we have Mm. to sort of you know dis champion his film or something but like i mean there's other people who are saying like wild Bunch is is just a brilliant classic and it shouldn't be remade and then so so i I was on there arguing with these guys and i'm like i'm interested in this because gibson does violence fairly well and i'd like to see his take on this ultra violent western and the good news is i told the guys on the on the facebook the good news is when this movie comes out you can still watch the original wild bunch it's still there yeah. okay. unchanged well, unaltered
3: I,
1: mean. I, don't, I, I don't know if you've just never been on the internet before but that is not an argument that, that flies with these people it's, it's so just stupid uh, though but
0: isn't that dumb it's just like it doesn't alter anything like they remake movies all the time in fact I brought up straw dogs I was like do we oh, right. Do we hate straw dogs now that uh, Rod Lurie remade it with James Marsden nobody I even, even remembers that, that shit yeah, I was
2: gonna no. say like who remembers that it was remade right um
1: uh my i mean my issue with this isn't like the like sanctity of of the original my issue is that um there's a good chance that this becomes like an even lower rent version of like what we got with the uh, magnificent seven remake where like yeah we just we just get you know eight famous people with The Magnificent Seven, it was like, all right, get these seven to eight famous people together, and like, it'll just be like a vibe, uh, <clears throat> and we won't even have to care about writing it, because you know, the chemistry will make it all work. Uh, mm. And Mel Gibson is going to get seven or eight uh, B-list people, because that's all he'll be able to do, uh, and, and it'll probably be the same thing, with a lot of violence, because that's what people remember about okay. The Wild Bunch. <laughs>
0: Now I have to say, is Andrew Garfield B list? Is Vince Vaughn B list? You know, I mean, these I, are I people who are well, yes, huge Vince stars. John, actually, in, uh, absolutely, no. Vince Vaughn is an A list actor. No, he's no break. longer an A list
1: actor. I was <laughs> like, he, he, that dude has not been like everybody knows him famous since like 2012. It's been almost. I don't know. I wow. mean, Okay.
0: Whatever. I'm. But he's. The, the fact is that uh, Hacksaw I, Ridge had big actors in it. Sam Worthington was in Hacksaw Ridge. I mean, there's a lot of big actors hey. and recognizable actors. Okay. So,
1: so these guys aren't Ridge. slated. Like they have not agreed to be in the Wild Bunch. You're just naming people that have been. No, I'm naming people that were in Hacksaw with, Ridge. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was his last movie he made, which was nominated for Oscars. Mm. He was nominated for best director. Not and saying that that's a good movie. Also, that movie blows. But movie <laughs> was no, it was awful. Garbage. It was awful. And the wild bunch. Honestly, I'm leaning towards it's going to be not good at all. But I hold hope that you know that uh, the Gibson that I love, which is Apocalypto Gibson and Braveheart Gibson will be able to make something uh, uh entertaining and uh, also like m- m- mildly thought provoking in some way i don't know how but uh i think there's there there's i, I find i find braveheart to be uh, emotionally effective and also visceral and i find apocalypto to be mostly just visceral but i i, I like love, love, love the idea of it you know just being like a long chase movie and it's great great action and stuff so i would love to see something <laughs> like that like a like a wild bunch in that vein where it just kind of focuses on one thing. And again, I just think he'll do the, so like, I, what I, what I fear is that you, the you violence want a, will be on
1: a wild bunch. Fury road.
0: <laughs> I mean, that would be great, yeah. but, uh, that's like stagecoach though. Right. I mean, like stagecoach is, is like, a, <laughs> like a long, uh, yeah. Yeah. If he remade stagecoach now, now we're talking, right, right. <laughs> or if George Miller could remake stagecoach, um, yeah. No, I don't, you know, I don't know. I I just, I just hate the dismissive attitude of like, oh, this is being remade. This movie can't be remade. It's untouchable. It's just like, mm. who gives a shit? Yeah, like remake I mean, whatever you want. Who cares?
1: That's dumb. Like I don't begrudge Hollywood, like its obsession with IP and, uh, trying to resuscitate IP like that. Just, mm-hmm. you know, like we recycle stories all the time, mm. um, so every every 50 years in this case like is it awful if we uh just use the the name that people know probably not um, i don't think so i think that movie came out in like 69
0: 69 yeah
1: okay so 50 something years
0: mm.
1: yeah I, like who remake the wild Watch, who gives a shit it's not a Peck and paw movie um mm. it's a mel gibson movie and you know there there are highs and lows associated with that so let's Right. Let's just
0: accept that. And also to say, I mean, it'd be like, one thing if you said, like, I think I, for me, it's like Gibson makes sense to remake The Wild Bunch, whereas, like, if you said, you know, Gibson was remaking Barry Lyndon, I would be like, that's a little weird. That doesn't <laughs> yeah, make a whole yeah, lot of yeah, sense yeah. to me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like his Sorry. sensibility seems that's to a... go in line with a, a violent action Western from the 60s. I, I could... Yeah, you know, yeah. The only person who might be more appropriate would be, like, Tarantino or somebody, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah. Who... <laughs> should remake
2: Barry Lyndon Uh, Paul Thomas
0: no Yorgos Lanthimos
2: I was gonna yeah Yorgos (laughs) for sure he could
0: make it way weirder Yeah, you know like more weird sex stuff or yeah
1: that's good that's a good one Yorgos is good
0: Yeah. yeah I just tried to, I, he's the first one of him to mind. Cause I, he's always called Kubrickian in all the reviews, you know, everything oh, about right, killing a right, right. sacred deer in the favorite was how Kubrickian they are. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all just pure aesthetics, you know, it's yeah, just like, cause I mean, he yeah. uses these wide angles and he follows people from high angles and stuff. And
1: well, there, there is, I mean, Barry Lyndon definitely has a weirdness, an awkwardness. To sure. It, yeah. Um, sure. That, yeah, that, as you said, Yorgos could definitely exploit, but
2: yeah, I don't, I, as as far as the awkwardness of Linden, like, I think a lot of that has to do with, like, like when it comes to Kubrick and actors, like, I, I don't know. It's like, there are some absolutely stupendous, 100% fantastic performances that are in Kubrick movies. But then mm-hmm. there are also some that are just not at all. Like, personally, I mean... I did not like Ryan O'Neal at all in Barry Lyndon. I thought, like, I think he, you know, his acting is pretty piss poor. And like, uh, I don't know if I go that, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, but I, I can see I, I what know. you're saying. I, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. but, uh, he's, but not, even, like, he's not even uh, the guy Leonard uh, Leonard. What's whatever his face is. He was so natural and so fucking amazing in 2001. As the Russian dude who's trying to get Floyd to be like, hey, man, what's going on? But then in Barry Lyndon, he's like, you know, his one eyebrow is up (laughs) all the time and like, stand and deliver. And it's just so over the top and ridiculous. We
0: don't know. I mean, he, he's probably directed to act that way. I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's weird yeah, too. But like, it's also yeah. like I think about the actors themselves. It's like Ryan O'Neal is not Jack Nicholson, right? So it's like, right, right. Obviously, Jack Nicholson's going to have an idea. Like I, I, I would imagine Jack Torrance is more his character than Kubrick's character. Almost, yeah, you yeah, know, like yeah. he probably came up with a lot of what he was going to do and decided, you know, this is my ideas and pitched it or whatever. But like. And whereas Ryan O'Neal is sort of, I mean, if if I understand the stories correctly, sort of forced on Kubrick. You know, he wouldn't have Mm. chosen him to be in the film.
1: I I don't know. I think Ryan O'Neal works perfectly because the character is supposed to be just like this beautiful, vapid idiot. mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) That's fair. So it's like a Spring spring Breakers kind of thing, like a Spring Breakers casting where they cast uh, (laughs) all the. uh, Same you, you, exact they thing are, as what... Teeny boppers me, as... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> the thing I feel like people didn't get that with, with Spring Breakers. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Spring Breakers, but anyway, we're getting way off topic here. Let's right. so we'll talk about The Funeral, mm. which was my pick. It's from 1996. It's directed by Abel Ferreira, who's one of my favorite filmmakers, and it stars Christopher and Chris Penn, all those other people that I named at the beginning, Vincent Gallo, Benicio Del Toro and an, uh, not an Del early role, Toro. but a sort of... Before he was known, mm. and uh, this
1: was a early year after Usual Suspect, right? Oh uh, yeah, the
0: year of Usual Suspects, I think wasn't no, it Usual oh, Suspects okay. it was '96. I don't know, may have been the year after. He was in a Bond film in the '80s, which is why yeah, I say yeah, it's yeah. not really not really early. It's like ten years after he started, but but um, anyway, uh, yeah, this is uh, one of the this is the last collaboration between Ferreira and Nicholas St. John, who as I understand it and have read on Wikipedia, had a sort of a um falling out with Ferreira and a falling out uh with Hollywood in general. Didn't want to deal with Hollywood, didn't want to deal with the, the shady backroom deals and the the bullshit and the censorship and everything else, so he just kinda of quit and he hasn't written a screenplay since. Although I did read that he he wrote a screenplay for Nicholas winning Ruffin that never got produced. Mm which sounds like a great pairing, (laughs) but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. This movie is about a funeral for Vincent Gallo's character who's been killed in New York in the 1930s. And, uh, it's a lot of flashbacks of not only how he got killed, but also the events surrounding his death, the events that are going on in their lives. And, uh, it's cut together with Christopher Walken searching for his killer part of it anyway mm. so uh yeah what did you guys think of the funeral uh directed by abel ferrera from 1996 yeah. no, i'm just kidding
2: yeah. <laughs> this is my own this is only my uh second ferrera film but do any of his Uh-oh. films have a happy ending
0: uh 444 no it's the end of the world uh (laughs) no no, i'm just kidding uh no i don't know happy ending in a ferrera film yeah yeah i'm trying to think now yeah i don't remember how welcome to new york ends i've been meaning to rewatch it recently
1: Mm. uh it's it's not a happy ending oh no okay like Uh, like that that is he uh, deported or something (laughs) no no just like (laughs) just the situation happening in that movie, like a happy ending just like doesn't even apply. Right. Oh, yeah,
0: I okay. feel like the answer is no, that mm. there are no happy endings. That's a good question though. Right. Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head that ends in a quote, happy unquote way. Right. You're all kind of downers.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that was the first thing that I, I thought about, like when seeing the ending and like, uh, mm-hmm. and also yeah. like, you know, it was funny, like, you know, we were talking earlier about how, like, you know, quote-unquote good performances tend to be, like, people screaming, and I was going into yeah. this movie thinking, like, oh, I haven't seen a Chris Penn movie, like, since I rewatched uh, Reservoir Dogs, and then, like, yeah, a lot of him on screen is him screaming, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, Chris Penn, okay, I mean, you want to get into this now? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> Chris Penn in this movie, I'll start by saying I'm a Chris Penn fan, okay? And I watched uh, um, Shortcuts recently, mm-hmm. the Altman film, and he's in that, and he's a big part of that movie, mm. and he's good in that movie, I think. Okay. Uh, I think that he's maybe a little... He's in a lot of scenes with... um. Robert Downey Jr., and Uh maybe it's a little sort of overshadowing, but uh, I find his performance to be solid in that movie. Chris Penn is who we're talking about in Shortcuts. I think he's good in Shortcuts. I think he's good in Reservoir Dogs. I think Mm. he's good in most shit I've seen him in. And this movie, when I'm watching – okay, I've seen this movie three times now, but I don't remember anything about it every time I watch it. I just forget (laughs) everything about it, except that I do remember the ending, of course. But um, the beginning of this film starts out with the funeral, and Gallo is – lying dead in a coffin and chris Penn approaches the coffin and says uh, i think he says like my baby brother my baby brother they killed him or something like that yeah, yeah. and he's putting his hands on his chest and he's just sort of feeling his body and i was like that's good stuff like i'm into this i'm feeling his pain and then he does this weird wow. like yeah
2: <laughs> yeah just, like, so he willing. turns into
0: like bam bam or something it's just like it's yeah. really it it came off as goofy to me and it took me right mm. out of it and i was really bummed out because i was like i was ready to sing this guy's praises and i feel like his performance a lot of it is like what you were just saying it's like it's he's just a rager he's raging nonstop yeah, yeah. throughout this whole thing i feel like i was encouraged uh by ferrera probably and uh, i like so well, the, one, yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the first uh, – the first review on uh, on Letterboxd for this is Abel Ferreira was on so much crack when I did the funeral. He was never on set. He was in my room trying to pickpocket me, and that's a quote from Vincent Gallo in an interview about this movie. So wow. I don't know uh, <laughs> you know, how stable Ferreira was at this time. But um, well, Chris I, Penn is certainly uh, uh, over the top in this, to yeah. say the least, have, in certain parts.
1: <laughs> I think – I have something of a defense of of Chris Penn's performance. Mm-hmm. Not not that I think it's good, but it, like he is the brother that I, I feel like it's sh- short shrift. Like um, for how important he is at the end, um, we almost like don't have enough time with him. Uh, so that like every moment we are with him, it's almost like. He needed to, to, like, he had to show how off, how angry, how psychotic he is so that the ending would make sense. That's,
0: Um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's fair.
1: Not that, Mm. like, that wasn't the best way to do this, uh, but that's, that's what I was thinking. Mm. I just don't,
0: I just wish, I think there's, you know, I don't, honestly, a lot of his sort of angry, tirades throughout the film don't bother me as much as that opening scene like that and mm. the way he does that and I it's just the take that they chose to put in the film and that's what the the bummer of it is and i like the idea that he freaks out there and i because i mean it makes sense and i like the, i really like the the like all the women in the room reacting to it mm. i liked all that uh but it's just yeah it's, it reminded me of uh like before he was doing all that you know making all these weird noises it reminded me of brando i was like this guy is doing like a young brando right now like mm. this you know my boy my boy. like almost like uh, in the godfather but also in yeah, the, yeah. on the waterfront you know like with that that moment where he turn where he pushes the gun away with his brothers putting the gun on him and, he's, and he puts the gun away and it's just like so like tender and sad i was really hoping for more of that but mm. unfortunately he just becomes like a like a wild gorilla. After that,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 almost like th- this is not a fair comparison, but it's the best one that I can come up with. It's like Chris Penn is doing this like emotional thing, and I don't know. Maybe Ferreira was like, "Uh, you're the Pesci in this movie." Right? Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: I hope it wasn't that, but <laughs>
2: I, yeah. I mean, I hope he didn't say something yeah. like that on, to yeah. him on set, but yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's it, like the Pesci character is kind of like a trope in mob movies post Scorsese. Like there's always, you know, some loose cannon who's just, you know, any minute now they're going to kill somebody and they're probably, you know, they're probably going to die towards the end of the movie and it's going to be sad, but like, you know, they were a loose cannon. Yeah. Like a, uh, he, a tragic figure. He, he, Mm. it
0: was funny that you say that because in the birthday cake, (laughs) not to go back to this, but, uh, uh there's a k- character played by John Magaro who is uh the star of um First Cal. he's one of the, oh. the guy in First Cal, the white guy mm. and um he plays the Joe Pesci in 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 uh Birthday Cake but he only has one scene where he goes like nuts okay. he's not violent he's just like obnoxious and yelling at people mm. but uh okay well just real quick then while we're on Chris Penn Kevin you put it to us is Chris Penn the better pin
2: yeah and i mean i i'd have to watch go back and watch more of his performances to give a better answer but right now i'm gonna say yes chris pin oh, is the better pin it's a hot take yeah i mean i
0: don't know a hundred percent that i can agree but again it I, 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 I agree with you that there's a it's a this, there's a problem because you've obviously everybody's seen more Sean Penn movies than you have Chris mm, Penn movies for sure just by virtue of the fact that Chris Penn is dead. Yeah, and, but um,
1: and like Sean Penn, this century is just not awesome.
0: Well, he did win an Oscar this century, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> which he should not have won. Yeah, I agree. I
0: don't. I, don't, I, don't, I hate Mr. Grover, but uh, oh, but I was um, thinking Milk. But oh no, oh, I th- I liked or, him in Milk. You don't like him in Milk?
1: I don't think you should have won the Oscar. Um, oh, okay. And, and I think he's better in milk than he is in Mr. River. I mm, forgot he fair. won for that.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I remember seeing the trailer for milk and thinking, oh, Sean Penn just won the Oscars. <laughs> that's, that's done. It's in the books already. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, just the sheer body of work, you know, you can't, it's hard to compare them, but, mm. uh, Crispin might've had more. So I like I like Chris Penn almost, I like him more because he's like a character actor, because he's not a big mm. star, he doesn't He doesn't carry pictures, yeah, he's just there yeah. as like a support, and he's good as a support, usually. Right, and I and, think uh, the support
2: so. is kind of, you know, like, everyone wants to be the, the leading man, but like, the supports are just as important, if not more so, than the leads in a lot of movies, so. For sure.
1: Yeah. At the uh, Independent Spirit Awards, Chris Penn was nominated as a lead for this movie. Oh wow! Oh, I f-
0: sharp I sharp feel sharp like sharp. they were probably his agent was probably telling him, "This is it, Chris. This is your breakout role. You were going to go places with your crazy Brando impression," and uh, it just didn't happen because nobody saw this movie. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it had a. Sorry, I I did a little bit of Wikipedia uh, sleuthing after I finished it. Um, had according to Wikipedia a budget of twelve million. And made a worldwide gross, or grossed, um, one point, I think it was two, five million. Ouch. Across the entire planet. Ouch. Ouch. This probably played in, in four theaters across
2: the entire planet. I right. Well,
0: that's probably why, uh, Ferreira, uh, maybe that's why Ferreira and St. John had their falling out. Maybe it was just the failure of this film, like one too many failures, mm. you know? I don't,
1: I don't know. know. Did, uh, I know, King of New York is like popular now. Is that a movie that made money when it came out? You know
0: I that? have no idea whether it was successful or not. I would lean towards that it was not.
1: The idea of any able for movie I making agree. money <laughs> is is wild. Yeah. I feel
0: like if anything, I might say like Bad Lieutenant might have made some money as like a as like a an oddity because it's NC seventeen and they. Mm. Yeah allowed that to go, you know, maybe people were like curious, but yeah, I, I, don't think any of his films have been terribly successful.
1: doesn't seem like he'd even want them to make money.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wants to be a failure. He's, he loves it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's a good question. I don't, he's a, yeah, he's definitely not a, um, I was actually, while I was watching this, my first note was there's, quite a few Sopranos people who are in this movie and I was like, how did Ferreira never get hired to direct an episode of Sopranos? Like, it just Mm. seems like the perfect thing for him to have done. Because he directed uh, a Michael Mann show in the 80s called uh, Crime Story, Mm. which was a mafia show. And it just just seems like the perfect opportunity for him to do something and sort of maybe get his name out there. Maybe maybe, maybe he hates television, I don't know, but he definitely seems like a like a film guy, but um, I don't know. Mm. I can't find out if Chris King of New York made any money. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Isabella Rosalini, Annabella Shiora. Mm-hmm. great mob wives.
0: Shiora is in Sopranos. <laughs> ah. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, no, she's great. She's she's yeah. great. Rosalini grossly underused absolutely uh i hate that she's like barely in this that drives me nuts
1: confusing casting honestly yeah
0: Mm. yeah
1: i just i I see her and expect a bigger part
0: exactly yeah for sure so uh real quick king of new york was had a budget of five million dollars and it made 2.5 million so no massive Ah. failure (laughs) it was distributed by distributed by carol co and uh new line cinema so oh well there you go for a while
1: like that someone some producer was like holy shit your last christopher walken movie made half of its very moderate (laughs) budget let's more than double your budget and see what happens yeah
2: yeah
0: that's insane that's probably not even right though you know you probably just make shit up and put it on there
2: probably well i mean there was like i was king king of new york is like 1990 yeah okay so like bad lieutenant oh. was like 92 so 92
0: yeah he had done a lot of things i mean he did the addiction before and in between mm. he did uh
1: I, several things in between so. i was right. thinking king of new york was 95 i it was 90 i obviously did not look this up i could look it up right now if i care i watched
0: uh i watched this movie on laser disc oh because <laughs> you can't rent it you know mm. and um there is a copy on YouTube that looks really good, actually, but it's dubbed in French for some reason. <laughs> and uh, but so I watched it on LaserDisc, and I'll tell you, I think I'm a hundred percent out on the LaserDisc train at this point. It looks like shit. It looked <laughs> horrible. Like it looks sub VHS quality. Wow. It was so bad. And I have a an adapter that's supposed to like up it from uh, its original resolution to 1080p, and it did nothing. It just looked like shit. This sounded great. I'll be honest. It sounded really good. Mm. But it was, like, so fucking, like, almost, almost, like, blurry in scenes, you know? Mm. And uh, it had a thumbprint on it at some point. So it kept skipping back. Every three minutes, it would skip back 15 seconds, (laughs) which got really annoying. So I had to, like, take it out and clean the disc for half an hour. It was, it's the worst. How do people deal with this? I don't know. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, I... (sighs) That's a pretty unpopular opinion. Pretty hot take. I think you're going to be ahead of the curve on this one, on ditching Laserdisc. Laserdisc, yeah.
0: Well, I am a member of several Laserdisc collector groups on Facebook, so they might not be happy to hear it. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, and I am going to post this episode in those groups telling them that I watched this movie on Laserdisc. Nice. But, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah.
2: Oh, Good uh, sound. The, uh, and
0: and Joe, Joe Delia's score.
2: Not great in this. So I I don't yeah. even remember the score honestly.
1: I the score is used very aggressively in the funeral part of the movie at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the funeral I thought was great, and there were about five minutes where I thought this whole movie would just be at the funeral, and I was I was in love with that idea, honestly. <sighs> uh, but. Um, we go from there are these very quiet sections with no score in the funeral. And then like all of a sudden say when Chris Penn starts wailing on his brother's body, uh, right? Like the score just like goes from zero, like a literal zero. It's not there to a 10. Um, and it's like the scene itself is already a 10. Like Chris Penn's doing everything. Um, we don't need such an aggressive, uh, drop of the score in that moment. But I, I felt like the funeral was had a few moments just like that and then uh the rest of the movie it was less intrusive but still just not very good
0: yeah i just found it sound it sounded synthetic it sounded like it was composed on a like a synthesizer and like recorded Mm. on a synthesizer to sound like strings like i just did not like the way it sounded at all Mm. and joe delia has done a lot of scores for ferrera and other scores that he's done have sounded like orchestral and real, like they were recorded by an actual, you know, actual musicians, and this one just sounded sort of lifeless. And I don't know, not not super into it. David Patrick Kelly as the communist guy, mm. the guy from uh, the Warriors and the Crow,
2: yeah, and Twin Peaks, and, and- oh yeah, he's Grant in Twin Peaks. Shit. I forgot. I forgot mean, <laughs> he's in Twin Peaks. Yeah, another one of those guys who's been in everything. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's like a James Russo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's. There's something I like very much about him. Um, mm.
0: I love him. He's great. He's, yeah. he's
1: got, he's, he's just like a weird vibe machine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down. Yeah. Um, that was a weird communist meeting. It's like, was is this the first meeting that you guys have ever had? Like we're, we're getting into the, into the basics here. Uh, yeah.
3: I thought street. it
0: was like, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I, mean, I, I, I was a little confused as to like, I'm not a hundred percent sure what we're supposed to get out of the fact that Vincent Gallo went to a communist meeting mm. because he doesn't seem like he gives a shit about anything. He, he reminds me of like Joaquin Phoenix in The Master. He just seems like a sort of a bonehead who has no sort of compass as to what to do. Mm. And he just wants to bang chicks, you know? Like like that's what he's all about. But he right. has these weird philosophical moments also. And I dig it. Like I, Vincent Gallo is my favorite part of the movie. Um, like at all of his... Like, even the moment where he blows up and yells at Chris Penn and all the I shit on you stuff, I love that. Like, (laughs) that's it, it feels improv to me, but it just feels like he, you know, I don't know. I I enjoy him in it. I just don't quite understand his character. I wonder Mm. if that
1: was improv because when, you know, he's got that moment where he's like, You sold your soul. You sold your soul to those guys. And then, like, 10 minutes later, Chris Penn is yelling at this girl that she sold her soul. I was like, were we supposed to have two Soldier Soul yelling matches here?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe it's related. Maybe like he it's supposed to show you that his character is too dumb to think of anything to say, so he just repeats shit that was said to him.
1: Or the idea of selling out is just like really on his mind after what his brother said to him. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, if that's the case, it's clumsy. For sure. sure. I agree. Um, but, I, yeah... I I liked Vincent Gallo. I, I was wondering if the characterization was, was confused because he does have these moments where he does seem to care like, like, uh, in their, their first meeting with Benicio del Toro with, um, with Gaspar. Yeah. Gaspar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Gaspar. you know, he mentions the workers. And then after that, he's like, you know, obviously getting mad at his brother about like, these guys just want to fuck people over. Um, but then that, like, never comes up again. He definitely is just there to to, to bang people. Um, he maybe is just, like, nicer than everyone else. <laughs> and just, like, him, him going to the communist thing, like, says that he is more um, sympathetic to the people around him and is just a nicer guy. I don't know. He's, he's also considered. Mean,
0: I mean, they keep they keep saying he's a kid. He's young. He's twenty two. Like yeah. that. That's one of the good lines at the beginning when Chris said he, they killed him. They, he's twenty two years old. You know, like that. I, I really enjoyed that. And uh, just the fact that he's like he's young and idealistic, maybe, mm. and a little bit nihilistic, and but also like confused and kind of dumb, maybe. <laughs> Not really smart enough to to handle what he's getting into. He yeah.
1: He I might lo- be love
0: yeah. I his love his line really though. Dumb. I love his line: "Life is pretty pointless without the movies." Yeah, <laughs> well, and I love the way the film opens where he's watching that Humphrey Bogart movie. Yeah, makes me want to watch the Petrified Forest. Like that shit's Forest. great. Is that what wasn't that it, is?
1: Wasn't okay, it? Yeah. Um, wasn't it? Life is pretty pointless without books.
0: No, you said and the movies.
1: I thought it was life is pretty pointless without books, and then he like, and maybe movies and music, or movies and radio. I don't know. I could have
0: sworn you just said I thought without the, the movies.
1: movies was a, uh, I have was it written adult.
0: down. I have it written down without the movies, but maybe, I'm, maybe I am You wrote it down wrong, done. motherfucker. Maybe. I'm just you I have. I,
1: No, I, I did it i throw
0: on the laser disc here. And then yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I did not write it down. I'm probably wrong. But I, I – because the line starts with the guy saying you read too many books. Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh,
0: right. Uh, there, There's a modern – I spotted the modern-day traffic light in one of the scenes. Hmm. Because I guess to I guess to stop from having to sh- obviously they don't want to have to dress like a street you know to look like the 30s so they're shooting uh, I think it's walking they're shooting him from like below like a like a down angle up at him as he's driving and you can see like modern day traffic lights passing.
1: <laughs> so. I I got the sense early that um, the production design of this being like, like setting this in the thirties, he did not actually care, uh, about that part of this. I think he was interested in like the, the gangster stuff, mm, but he probably sure. was like, all right, you're the production designer. Figure, figure the shit. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the $30 allotted to this part of the movie. Figure it out. That's fair. But no, I mean, they got the cars, Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the first the, that first scene where they're so everybody's sort of driving up, I think that looks great. That's that street looks good. I think the house looks great hmm. on the inside. Everything looks very real. Um, I, I I wrote that it would would benefit from a restoration, hmm. and also that you know this is like my pipe dream, but a Ferrera St. John box set from Criterion would be great. They did nine films together. And I would love to just like do like six of them, you know. <laughs> just like you don't have to do um fear city, you know. You don't have to release some yeah. criteria, but you could release some of those other ones uh, that are that are good. Like, he's working like,
3: uh... oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. thought he muted it.
1: I, like, I cannot, like, nothing will mute. My microphone won't <laughs> mute, my garage band won't mute. Uh, I'm stuck on sound. I don't sound. know, man.
0: I don't
3: hey, know. What uh, to tell you.
1: Well, I don't know to tell my household everyone's making some
0: sucking noise hey what other uh can you guys think of another film okay so at close range also stars chris penn and christopher walken trivia what is a third film that stars both christopher walken and chris penn jara won't know this because it came out (laughs) in the 90s (laughs) uh I'll give you a hint. Written by Quentin Tarantino.
1: Four Rooms. True nope. Romance?
0: True Romance. Oh, Chris right. Penn plays Tom Sizemore's detective partner.
2: I do not. Who they bust
0: the they do the cocaine uh, bust a- at the end and Chris Walken, and of course the Sicilian. Was that like monster. late 80s? Oh,
2: okay. no, 94. All right. Yeah.
0: They're 93 maybe? Okay. 93
2: or 94, yeah. one of those. Oh. Uh, do you guys know that the um so, something sorry. just occurred to me. I don't remember seeing in any of the flashbacks, I don't remember seeing Vincent Gallo and Gretchen Maul together. You didn't. So, so what is I she? Think. So is That's she like. True. You only ever saw him with right. a tall redhead. Or you mostly saw him Who with was, a tall redhead.
0: That was Gaspar's yeah, wife, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Brid- yeah. Bridget.
0: He's banging wife. So it's so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. No, she was his. That was supposed right, to be his but girlfriend. Like, we never. Right, or is,
2: yeah.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, it's implied
2: that they were potentially going to okay. get married, but like uh, we ne- we never see her I, outside I guess, of the funeral. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't strange. know. Maybe. Yeah. I really Maybe it's about just that. you know plot holes. I don't know. <clears throat> Probably.
1: I think he was also you know he he was the womanizer yeah. so or he was a womanizer i just call him the suggestive yeah. one in the well he is
0: the womanizer cuz chris crispin's not a womanizer he's a pedophilic rapist but um it's a little different <laughs> good boy, good boy, <laughs> yeah but uh i mean the shit he does in this is unforgivable but um victor argo is in this i don't remember him being in it i wrote his name down though so he must be do you guys remember victor argo yeah he, argo being he
2: shows in up this? like towards like,
0: from Greaser's Palace? From Greaser's Palace? Is he in that? I don't know. He's in, uh, he's, in of, he's in a lot of Jarmusch films. Yeah, he, and, he was
2: um, uh, Peter in uh, other uh, Ferreira Les, films? Les Temptation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he shows right. up towards the end where, like, you know, they're finally going to, like, go get <laughs> Gaspar and, like, you know, stop arguing. I didn't come here for a fight. Uh. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, Yeah, he's, right, he's right. not in it much. Right? He's only maybe in like the last I don't he's, know twenty-five, thirty minutes.
0: He's in quite a few mm. Ferrera films, and he's <laughs> really good in King of New York as the cop who eventually of, kills. Speaking
1: of Alan Arbus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, Alan Arbus. No, no, no.
0: Sidney <laughs> Friedman mm. from Mash. Um, the only other note I have actually is about Del, Del Toro, who I guess we haven't really spoken about um, very much. Now, you tell me, is Del Toro, is he supposed to be Italian in this?
2: Yeah? Yeah. It, okay. Based That's, on his yeah, name, Yeah, don't they call yes. him, like, Gaspare or something?
0: Are they call him, yeah, uh, Ga- I don't know. They call uh, him Gaspar a lot, I his, feel like.
1: But I, his, it doesn't show up in the letterbox, but, like, on IMDb, the credited last name of his character is very oh. Italian.
0: Okay. I don't, I was leaning that way for most of the film, but until the last scene when they, right before they kill him, when he's, when he's speaking Mm. uh, Italian and it just sounds very Spanish because obviously like he speaks Spanish and those languages are pretty close uh, because of their, you know, Latin roots and whatever. But it's like, it just sounded, I was like, I was like, is he speaking Spanish right now? Mm. Like I really couldn't tell. I was like, you know, as as a, someone who speaks neither language, I I could not tell. (laughs) What'd you guys think of him in this? Is he any good? I think good? he's decent.
1: He struggles with some voice stuff, I thought, um, but he's fine. I don't. Yeah, he's fine.
0: He does the. Uh, he does the. Who's that guy in Godfather Two who De Niro kills in the hallway? He's that guy. Like he is that guy. He's basing his entire performance oh, on Chico. that guy. Chicho. He does like the wave, like the wave, like, yeah, yeah, yeah done the chicho. He does the wave with the cigar yeah. in his mouth, you know, like every t- he does that wave like six <laughs> times in this movie. And it drives me a little nuts. I love Benito del mm. Toro. But... Oh,
1: yeah. His so the last name of his character is Spolia, Spoglia, S P O G L I A. G L I is like a, a yeah, very specific yeah, yeah. Italian, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, ye sound. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, mm. he's Italian. Nice. Nice.
2: Um, the uh, the the ending that was something else.
1: It's an ending.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: yeah nothing of note there.
0: I like it. Uh, I like it from the perspective. Like, I like as a teenager when I saw this the first time. Obviously, like that's a good ending for me mm-hmm. when I'm a teenager. Good bloodshed and just a downer, nihilistic. Everybody dies, and not only that, every that he kills everybody, but that he shoots himself mm-hmm. at the end of it. It all seemed to make perfect sense when I was sixteen. But yeah, uh
1: that's something um you know, Annabella Sh- Shuria Shuria? Mm. Shua? Shiora. Shiora. Yeah. Uh she had let us know that that was gonna happen. Um, by telling us, you know like telling Gretchen Maul that uh Chez suffers from from crazy or psychosis or, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and was gonna blow his brains out like his dad. And he did. Um, more than the end, I think I liked um, the Christopher Walken ending, which I'll call the uh, like picking up the guy who actually killed mm. Johnny. Yeah. And uh, and going through that thing where that guy initially lies and says that Johnny uh, raped his girlfriend. Turns out he had just embarrassed. Johnny had just embarrassed this guy like in front of his girlfriend. And in like a heat heated moment decided to shoot him um and just like the the paces that walking goes through of like this is my moment for mercy this is like a moment of redemption finds out the truth and is like "Mm, can't do it can't do it yeah Uh, i liked Mm. all that stuff a lot
0: i did too i like the idea that he was trying to sort of talk himself out of having to do this he was like i like i I really don't want to kill you like i want a reason not to that was good stuff. He's solid in it. I mean, Walken's reliable, but yeah, you know.
1: This is, a, I thought, this is like sorry. not Walken's movie. Yeah. No. I, I thought it would be. I thought this I thought would, would be, be a Walken movie, but it's. He's I mean, on the yeah. front of the. Box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's definitely the, the Chris Penn and, and Vincent right. Gallo show.
2: How do
0: you feel about Chris Penn singing?
2: I actually like that scene quite a lot. It feels like
0: something you would like because it's like Tom Waits ish. Like, it feels like a Tom Waits kind of singing. (laughs) I mean,
2: kind of, but like, but like, I don't, just throws that at us all the time.
0: Well, I mean, doesn't he sound like Tom Waits a little bit? I don't think so. I thought
1: about talking about Wrist Cutters. I rewatched Wrist Cutters. I thought about talking about that. Then I was like, John's going to give me some kind of shit about Tom Waits being in that movie.
0: I I didn't even know he was in it. You shouldn't have mentioned it. You shouldn't have mentioned it. It's a great, Shannon,
1: great, a great he's, Shannon
0: Sossman movie. I love Shannon Sossman. You I know, know that you do. I he's know do. he's great in uh he's great in Shortcuts. Amazing in Shortcuts. Like a different actor <laughs> in Shortcuts. He's terrific. Anyway, I got nothing yeah. else for this one. Ratings?
1: Oh, I the um, okay, the bit that Christopher Walken does when he um when he walks Benicio in to see Johnny's body. And then it was like, Johnny, or, uh, he was like, Aspar didn't do it. Um, that whole thing. That is not like gangster lore. That is just like, that is like some, some weird history where like, that is a thing people actually thought if someone was murdered and if the murderer was in the presence of the body, Oh, right. it would bleed. That it's is not an like, Italian thing. That's part of like, d- no, no, it's like, that's an every, that's like an American thing. Oh, oh, that's I know. a white people thing. <laughs> uh, oh. That is part of like documented like murder trials in uh, like 19th century wow. America. Wow,
0: wow, that's really weird. Listen,
1: listen to a nice.
0: Podcast about <laughs> it. Oh, I, I, it just sounded like a uh, like some kind of thing they brought over mm. from the old country, you know? So yes, yeah, it
1: is presented that way. But I was like, that ain't old country shit. That's uh that's yeah. this country <laughs> shit.
2: I don't know if you go. F- if you go far enough back, it might be old country shit. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe it is I from
0: mean, <laughs> Italy in the seventeen hundreds yeah, yeah. or something. Um, well, I'll, I'll go first with the ratings. I uh, this movie has been a four the last two times I've watched it, but this time it dropped mm-hmm. a little bit for me actually. So it's a three point five
2: okay. for me. Uh, three for me.
1: I also gave it a three point five. I feel like I at no point during this review expressed my opinion. <laughs> which is interesting.
0: <laughs> I think you walked away during when we first started. I usually then, just uh... <laughs>
1: won't shut up uh, about how I feel. And, yeah, uh, I mostly liked mm. it. I liked yeah. a lot I mean... of pieces of it without loving the entire thing. And also, it took me a while to get over this not just taking place at the funeral, which I legitimately thought was going to happen mm. in the first five minutes.
0: What's your favorite Ferreira?
1: I, uh, I don't know. Uh, the Addiction Just probably. Curious. Oh,
0: oh, really? Wow! Just
1: off the top of my head, I think you need be to rewatch addiction. that shit. I haven't seen a ton.
0: No, I know. Yeah, I've yeah. You haven't seen a lot, some of his. You haven't seen Miss Forty Five, which is no. out of control.
1: I like that really Lieutenant. Good. I like the Addiction. Um, I very weirdly like the the Driller Killer, which is not his yeah. best movie. No.
0: But I like it. I don't. I I am fine. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I thought
1: Welcome to New York was
0: really good. I liked Welcome to New York a lot. Yeah, uh, for me, it's King of New York and uh, and Bad Lieutenant. They're at the top of the mm. mountain, and uh, everything else is sort of dwindling. But they're all good. I like. I there's only one. I think the only movie I really hated of his was Fear mm. City, which I did not like. I thought there's things in it that I like, but I as a whole, I did not like it.
1: I've got, I think the only one I absolutely hated, actually, I really didn't like, uh, 444, but, right. um, even, I, I really hated New Rose Hotel.
0: Oh yeah, that wasn't, uh, amazing, but I didn't, I don't know if I hated it. I just, I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I find things, I, it's weird with him, yeah, it's just like, I find things to like about all of his movies, even the ones I'm not, I don't love, you know, but, uh, Anyway, okay, well let's uh let's do a little a little uh, letterboxed roulette. Mm. And this is a good one because um the funeral of the first six actors are huge, huge. Yeah. Okay. You got Christopher Walken, Chris Penn, Annabella Shiora, Isabella, Isabella Rosalini, Vincent Gallo mm. and Vinicio del Toro. So we got a lot of big actors here and JR is resigned to the fact that I'm going to win this thing, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean I, I am on yeah. a streak, I think. <laughs>
1: But <laughs> you are. I've just been watching. No, no, not a streak. You had to watch. Yeah.
0: Part yeah. Oh, yes. True. That was the. But but before that, yeah. I think I was like three an hour. I think Maybe. Technically
1: Kevin's on a, a losing streak. streak. <laughs> well, yeah, Ke- but a lo- yeah, a definitely of losing of yeah. not having to watch the movie. Ah! <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> not watching it on time. Let's say he still watches it. Okay, here we go. The dice roll. It always hits Rolling one. Man. I'm just rolling it multiple times to see what happens. Right, I'm going right. to roll it. Here we go. Ready? We're on four. Two. It's on two. Okay. So two, two. it is. Chris Penn. Chris Penn is uh, maybe the, cha- the biggest chance you have to win since you've seen Footloose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't seen Starsky
0: and Hutch. Oh, see, um, I, I was going to ask you. Have you seen Starsky and Has
1: anybody and Hutch seen no?
2: Rumblefish? Okay. I have. Of course. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, I own Rumblefish it's on criteria. <laughs>
0: I <laughs> <FFC>. see.
3: <laughs> Frank Ford. <Frank Furt. laughs>
0: okay. Uh I'm just making sure I haven't seen any of these little best of the yeah. best two. Every, everyone
1: go through and cheat real quick. Everyone not just, cheating. I, I would never was...
0: I would never mark a movie that I hadn't actually well, seen.
1: I think maybe I ran Wall and Falls once when
2: I was 12. I know I saw Beethoven yeah, second, no, I'm so kidding, I'm, kidding. I'm good there.
0: Now he I... did a voice. He did a voice in "Grant the Thought of San Andreas." Can I mark that? That's. Some <laughs> I'm just kidding. It is on here, or what, I don't know what this is. It says San Andreas, the introduction. Mm. I don't know.
1: Guys, I, I, I'm honestly surprised that I've never seen Corky Romano. Um, just seems like something I would have written. <laughs> Corky Romano, <laughs> something I would have read it when I was thirteen. <laughs> um, but our our old friend Winston. Um, Loved this, loved this movie, and that is both not surprising and kind of endearing.
0: Winston loved Corky Romano?
1: You're surprised that Winston loved Corky Romano?
0: No, I just never heard him mm-hmm. talk
1: about it. It's oh, I, no, I, I'm just looking at his rating on Letterboxd. Oh, I see.
0: Sorry. I, I've never oh. seen it either. He, you reviewed it. it. I mean, four four stars. you probably think I'm an idiot, but this movie was brilliant in its own right. <laughs> Corky Romano. <sighs> I've never seen it. It could be amazing. Who I knows? do not think
1: he's an idiot. I think Winston has one of like the most singular <laughs> tastes in movies ever. It's but, got Peter uh,
0: Falk in it. I mean, yeah. what are you gonna do? Um okay, well uh let me ask you this real quick before we reveal, have you seen Two Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar? Yeah. Me neither. I have not, so Oh, that was Here on we like, go.
1: Comedy Central every day. Here right. we go. You ready? All right, who's going first?
0: I'll go first. I never go first. I'll go first. All
1: right,
0: okay. I've seen twelve of fifty-two. <laughs>
3: I good. <need another> <laughs> ah, uh, did I
1: win again? fucking at close range? I have seen eleven of oh. fifty-two <laughs> at close range. Twenty-one percent.
0: I bet there's. I bet there's disparities too. Like, I bet at close range isn't even it. Like, have you seen murder by numbers? No. Okay, that's a big one for me. I've seen it like have, 15 times.
1: But I have seen Beethoven's <laughs> ah. second. I have too. <laughs>
0: what about you, Kevin?
2: And I have seen Stealing Harvard.
0: Oh, Kevin's yeah. seen seven. I also
2: saw Stealing Harvard. I saw it in the theater because I was such a big Kevin Smith mark. <laughs> I didn't and see that one. Jason Lee was in the movie.
0: You know what's weird? There's yeah. literally one, two, three... If you include The Funeral, there are four movies on my watch list. On my, I mean, not on my watch list, on my potential deep oh, dive wow. list that Chris Penn is in. Wow. That's so weird.
1: I, yeah, I mean, you can do Rush Hour for your next pick. i would be fine. Me too, actually.
0: I've thought about doing Rush Hour. I, rush Hour is a great movie. My it's so much fun.
1: I had some friends come into town, and we went uh, camping. Um, and one night... They stayed at another friend of my house, and they all watched Rush Hour for the first time in years. And I'm really sad that I missed it because they—they said mm. it was hilarious.
0: Oh, it's, it's the best. All right, um, so I'm on uh, random.org. We're looking for a number from one to twenty-nine twenty-four, and the number is one thousand one hundred and four. One thousand one hundred. Four. okay lay it on us Jr.
1: well this is great uh, okay. for Kevin oh. especially uh, actually <laughs> uh, this is a 206 minute movie so let's what movie is let's it? let's pick again what it's Ryan's daughter which is uh, oh I think David Lean's second to last feature mm. um, I mean
2: I like David Lean <laughs> no. what's up it's, to you guys it's
1: two, no it's 200 minutes it's 200 okay. minutes, and it is not streaming for uh, free anywhere. So, no.
0: All right. Let's generate yeah. another number. 1,029. So it should, might be on the page before then or
1: two yeah. pages before. Let's try it. Let's try it again.
0: 1,029. I hope you
1: picked a better number this time. Oh, this is great. Nice. I would want to watch this. Good. Again. Mm. Sorry, I've seen it. Oh, of course you have. Uh this one is uh Sydney Lumet's.
0: Uh-oh. Uh, the verdict. Oh. All right.
1: That's which I would guess that we've all seen, right?
0: I've talked I've talked about it on the show.
1: I have. Yeah. Kevin, have I have not,
2: verdict? but any, any, whoa. Anything oh, perfect, with Paul Newman, I'm pretty much in for. David Mamet yeah. wrote the screenplay. Nice. That's fucking good.
1: This little this should be this is good. I yeah, I've only seen this once, so I'm I'm happy with this.
0: Perfecto. So uh, that'll be your, I don't know what we call this uh, now, because it's not a punishment mm. film anymore. But anyways, that's what you guys are going to watch, uh, The Verdict. What is, whose pick is it? Is it uh, Kevin's it's pick?
1: JR's It should be my pick. Yep. No, it's
0: J.R.'s pick. J.R., what are you picking? Oh, right, The Arbor, uh, Snow Falling on Cedars, mm-hmm. Funeral. Go ahead,
1: J.R. I had, I had my pick up and I
0: lost it. And he's forgotten what it's called because he lost a page. <sighs> yeah,
1: <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um, no. So for uh, for next time, we're gonna watch. Uh, we're watching Godard. Oh. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm sure one or all of us have at some point talked about a Godard movie, uh, but we have never. Godard has never been the subject of a deep dive on this. That's true. Podcast. Uh, I long initially, overdue. Yeah, initially I wanted to revisit Alphaville, which is the first Godard film I ever oh, saw more than I would
2: half of my that. life
1: ago. Uh, but great. Kevin's seen it, so fuck that. Well, oh, fuck. well, um, like you, I have I've also been Alphaville. meaning to
2: rewatch it. So,
0: <laughs> well, well, let's, what would, let's say what you back. were going to say. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm um,
2: going
1: to watch
0: Alphaville anyway. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah, I figured you guys wouldn't like Jeffrey Juliet watching uh, his musical Woman is a Woman, which is the second good art I ever saw. Um, so that means we're out of Anna Karina options that I would want to talk about. So no Anna Karina for us. Um, instead, we're going to watch A Married Woman from 1964, which is. And, and we, can, we can talk this out if we do want to watch AlphaVille. Uh, but A Married Woman is probably the least well known of the. Ten features um, that he made in that kind of like golden period where he was first making movies from nineteen sixty right. to nineteen sixty-five. The period that started with Breathless and ended with uh, Pierrot le Fou, Um But if you guys just want to do Alphaville, no, no, no. So- I, I, mean, I, I, I mean,
0: well, it's up to you. It's your pick. I mean, I, I, I would watch either yeah. one of these. I, I honestly, like I say, I'll. Since we're watching Godard, I'll watch Alphaville regardless Yeah, and I
2: will I will make a I will make a, a concerted time. effort To watch Alphaville as well
1: <laughs> Okay, uh, well I mean, since we're hopefully Recording pretty mm. soon um, mm-hmm. You don't want to give us All too much homework I mean, If we all want to watch Alphaville, should we just watch Alphaville?
0: Is uh, Married Woman on Criterion?
1: It's on Canopy Oh, okay Canopy? Both Alpha of them Bill are available
0: is, for free. Well, I have Alphaville, the DVD, I
1: think, actually. But, okay.
0: I don't know. Roger Avery only gives Alphaville three stars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm good with whatever, man. Again, it's your pick. I'm not telling you what
1: to uh, pick. I kind of want to do A Married Woman just because okay. I think. Do it. yeah. Last time I saw it. I've always seen it once. I've seen it more recently than a bunch of other Godards, and I also, at the time, thought it was um, absolutely brilliant and one of his best. Um, Awesome. So, I'm kind of curious to see how you Mm. guys feel about that, or if you guys get anywhere close to that, and I'm also curious if if it holds up at all.
0: Okay. I'm uh, 100% in. I've got a lot of Godard to watch. I don't Uh,
1: know why I haven't seen so much. He's made over 100 movies, so we all have good art to watch. I know, but, but
0: there's so much like good-looking shit here. I gotta right. stuff.
1: So again, uh, Married Woman is from 1964. I like. I don't know French, but I know enough French to know that U N E Un is a. Uh, I don't know why Letterbox has this as the Married Woman because mm. that is just absolutely incorrect. But uh,
0: okay. Oh yeah, it's the Married Woman. I don't mm. know, man. What does that it say is, on IMDb?
1: It's not the right fucking
0: <laughs> art. It says... On IMDb, it just says Une Femme Marie. Mm. Cool. A Marie so, I don't know how you say
1: that. This is, this Anyways, is what yeah. we're watching. All right.
0: Cool. All right. So next time we'll be watching Godard's A Married Woman, according to the I don't know what it's call really called, but... Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening to us. Visit our... Website at filmyacpodcast.com. Write to us, filmyacpodcast at gmail.com. Listen to us on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate us. Um, Any rating is acceptable. And uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
1: Live on
3: Filmiac!